Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, December 29th. What a day, what a show. I can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you like this show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get right to it, shall we? Gorgeous Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, December 29th. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Almost 2021. Okay. I just realized that while I was speaking there, we made it. Yeah. Come on. Well, I guess we haven't yet. We haven't. Oh, yeah. We're close to making it. To 2021, uh, RIP to the year 2020. Excited to see you go. Excited to see what happens in 2021. Last night, Monday night football in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The Buffalo Bills absolutely gangbanged the New England Patriots last night. I mean, Stephon Diggs and Josh Mm. Allen seem to be on the same page at all times. It has been awesome to watch that Buffalo Bills team come into their own. Now, at the beginning of the season, talking about the Buffalo Bills, if you said anything at all that wasn't 100% for the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia was going to come after you. I know that because I said that Aaron Rodgers, you know, a couple other guys, Maybe a little bit better than Josh Allen at the moment, but it's nice to see Josh Allen getting better leaps and bounds each year, which is what he has done each year in the NFL. He has just gotten much, much better. At the beginning of the season, I said, I thought Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback, best player on earth, going to win the MVP, and Bills Mafia was coming after me. And although I did take some heat on the internet, I respected and appreciated the fact that Bills Mafia was coming to bat for Josh Allen. I respected and appreciated the fact that Bills Mafia knew that the The door was open in the AFC East after the big bad wolf Tom Brady left town. Bill Belichick's boys had nine opt-outs. I loved and respected the fact that Bill's Mafia knew that this was their time. And if anybody wasn't saying that at the beginning of the year, they were going to attack. Then there was a little bit of a slump, a little bit of a fall-off for the Buffalo Bills. They went out of the relevance of conversation. Everything else was getting talked about. The Miami Dolphins became the hot team to talk about in the AFC East. And then here in the last four or five weeks, the Buffalo Bills have been absolutely fantastic. Last night, Josh Allen with a rocket launcher attached to his right shoulder was slinging the ball all over the yard and the Patriots looked lost. There was even a very odd timeout that was called after a touchdown play was started for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen didn't seem rattled at all. Bill Belichick seemed to be operating a little bit in Bill Belichick fashion. Maybe that timeout was just at the very last second in the middle of the game, which very rarely happens. But all these things started happening. Maybe even the challenge or a rule that got fucked up or a ref fucking up last night. Josh Allen was calm, cool, and collected. Stephon Diggs was getting shit-talked by a guy named Jackson who should have been in the Pro Bowl, and you actually saw Stephon Diggs point in his face and say, you're going to fucking regret that. And he did, by the way. <laughs> the rest of the night, all Stephon Diggs was seen doing was running right past that guy who was a fellow Maryland Terp, I guess. That Buffalo Bills team, I don't think they have a worry about anything at all. They're enjoying themselves on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. Defense side of the ball is hungry. Special teams, Tyler Big Ball's bass kicks the hell of it. That Buffalo Bills team is excited for an AFC playoff run, and I don't think they care who they're going to have to face. I feel like that team, especially after talking to Josh Allen, is not content, not happy with where they're at. Seems like McDermott's got a squad that's ready to go. And last night, those of us, I think it was 82% of the people that bet on the game who hammered the Bills minus seven, cashed in 
mightily. The people that lost were the people that still have faith in the Patriots. We'll talk more about that at Boston Connor. Your team fucking stinks, dude. Yeah, it was a hell of a run, you know, the 20 years of my life that uh, the Patriots were unbelievable. It was fun. You know, it was good. And it's never a great sign when Josh Allen doubles the amount of touchdown passes that uh, Cam Newton has at Gillette Stadium in a single game. So it was never going to be our year, all right? Six and nine. Let's start Stidham next week against the Jets. Maybe just hand Gase another win. Go six and ten. Sneak into that top ten in the draft. Let's get a quarterback and let's keep moving forward. Okay, and then there's a bunch of rumors, I guess, that Adam Gase and of the Jets is mm-hmm. going to be the next quarterback coach for oh, yeah. the New England Patriots. I guess that's potentially cooking behind the scenes right now. Belichick said, hey, I'll come rehab you into being a good coach yep. again. Then he can go get another job, just like the guy that just got the Arizona job who stunk as a head coach. He goes to New England, becomes quarterback coach for, what, half a year? Boom, head coach at Arizona. Oh, yeah. That's probably going to fail miserably. That's a team I will bet against the next four years is Arizona and how that whole thing goes. Now, he might be, you know, learned how to coach football and make those boys good. But the the rumor is Adam Gase is going to be the quarterback coach for the Patriots. But next year, there's no way Cam Newton's playing. I, You know, mm. once we saw his schedule yesterday, <laughs> okay, 420, the alarm goes off, yep. 430 is out of his house. Now, we have to remember, let's assume he has an Apple uh, uh, device, an iPhone, of course. because he is iconic Saga Productions. And when he types, I feel like that would have to be an Apple keyboard that he utilizes. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't hit the snooze button one time because nine minute snooze is what the Apple thing is. Nine minutes, he's already getting out of his house at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. So as soon as 420 hits, shout out 420, by the way, Cam Newton. 420. Uh, yeah, shout out 420. Turn up. As soon as 420, and get high. As soon as 420 hits, he just hops up out of bed, and his outfits are obviously always fantastic. He puts those together the night before, I guess, where of he course. says he goes to sleep by 1130. So about 1120, we're putting the outfit together. I think it's potentially laid like right next to his, his bed. And I think as soon as he hops, out he like hops right into the fucking yep. pants right into the thing a hat gets dropped from the ceiling on his fucking <laughs> right down yep. in there scarf is wrapped around uh-huh. the whole and then he's out at 4 30 a.m doesn't sip coffee until 8 a.m which is a big part of this whole thing of course and then afterwards you hear his press conference and he had another bad night or whatever none of us know why i was a big cam newton advocate i'm a big fan of his as a person it just seems to not be working which is what he said he said i've been working my dick off this year basically yeah. i'm waking up you guys saw a goddamn schedule you see a schedule i didn't lie about that mark Wahlberg, he might have lied uh the rock might have lied. maybe i did not lie 420 i'm up 430 i'm out i've been watching film without coffee maybe that's the problem by the Ooh. way Maybe he should take more coffee. awake. Yeah, a little bit awake to watch coffee. But, hey, I'm not judging when a man sips his caffeine. You do uh-huh. what you got to do. But he said, I'm working my ass off. I'm buying it. I'm doing all this. I'm playing bad. What if Cam Newton's just not supposed to be this type of morning guy? Like, what if, what if oh. this isn't what Cam Newton's supposed to be? Like, I've tried it a couple of times. You know, I get on this big motivational kick. It would normally happen on January 1st, but I'm giving myself this speech right now two days beforehand to let me know. Don't try it. I'll get on this big kick. Like, you know what? I'm going to fuck wake up early. Early bird gets the worm. Come on. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get more done before everybody. And then I do it two days, three days. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I just find out I'm exhausted. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, my body's not supposed to do this. I'm going to continue to stay up late. Like, maybe Cam Newton realized this year that he's just not a morning person. Like, what Bill Belichick expected out of his starting quarterback or what he thought Bill Belichick expected out of his starting quarterback, maybe not his thing. And maybe Cam Newton will go on to play football good again, which I hope because I'm a fan of his. But there's no way he's back in New England next year. Stidham looks like he's he's not good either. And there, no. there's, there's a reason they didn't want him to play all year for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they didn't want anybody else to see him. Uh, maybe he is very good, but it didn't look yeah. like it last night or whatever. Maybe. But what is the, the – the Patriots, you guys – legit, 
you guys might stink for the next 10 years. Like, like, uh, yeah. like might stink for 10 years, it feels. Because Belichick, he's not going to go out like this, right? Unless he retires, Absolutely and then not. it'll be a whole new thought of what goes on. Welcome back to the uh, dice roll of whether or not you're going to get a good GM and a good coach again, because that fucking fails in a lot of places. But oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen up there in New England. That was, that was a sad sight to see last night. Just as somebody who <laughs> loves, loves football. Oh, yeah. Love Belichick. That was a sad thing to well, watch last yeah, night. Yeah. It was sad for you. It looked like a preseason it, it, game. Really sad for you, huh? Well, the preseason <laughs> might have helped us out a little bit. I'm going to, you know, maybe attribute some of the losses to that. But, I mean, look, Cam Newton, he said he worked his dick off. I personally would like to see him back in New England for another year. Wow, get, why? Get him to be – because we always talk about how important it is for young guys to see, you know, how to operate inside a building. And although the play hasn't been good, everyone in the building has said, look, Cam has been the hardest worker. He's been staying late. He's been there at 4.30 or however long the commute gets, maybe 4.44 if we I had wonder, a guess. I wonder if he even has like the red lights timed up. You know, oh, 4.36, sure. this one turns green. Yeah. Got to oh, get yeah. there 4.36. Absolutely. That's it. I wish one motherfucker who's super successful, when somebody asks him their daily schedule, I don't know. Some yeah, days wake I, up at nine. <laughs> depends what I got going on. Is there's it? just no way you go to bed at the exact same time every night. You don't there's know. No way. You don't know. God, there's no way. God. You don't know. There's no God. way. He has a driver for that reason. There's no way you at go Baba to Gumpy bed at here. the same time from, every night. From Canada, a man that used to work the night shift, oh, I yeah. think, out there, right? 4 p.m. till 4 a.m., my friend. Nice Painting train. ships in a shipyard, mm -hmm. which a shipyard, by the way, is what you use to describe a terrible fucking location. <laughs> yep. That is where Gumpy was. So whenever Gumpy hears like these superhuman conversations, he, he, I, I believe you're the first one to go, da, that sounds <laughs> no like chance. bullshit. But whenever they put somebody's schedule on paper, they did it with Mark Wahlberg. He had nine holes of golf in before 5 a.m. or something like oh, yeah. that. Before he even had his Bible time, which was before he even had breakfast, which was before you and I even thought about waking up. Mm -hmm. Anytime you do that, it automatically goes into speculation. And I, I don't think Cam Newton would lie, right? Because there's no documented chance. footage if he's in the facility at 445. I just think Cam Newton maybe... Maybe this isn't. Is this what he's always been? I, if if it maybe it's who you, I don't know. I just I feel bad about the guy. I, I feel bad for him too. I mean, especially because you said it in the in the off season. It was like eighty four nights. This guy's gonna come back. He's he's lying. You know, he's you're gonna hear him roar. And you know, he has four passing touchdowns and like thirteen interceptions. It's just tough to realize. You know, he's, he's not who's throwing he it was. to you out there. Okay, yeah. So we can attribute it to injuries. You know, Edelman, our best pass catcher, he hasn't played since. Goddamn week six. What did I, I was thinking about that last night? What happened? He hurt his knee. He got COVID. I mean, there's a few different things <laughs> that just stacked on top of each other. Look, See, did he oh, survive? Is he all right? He, he is okay. He has survived. Okay, good. Thank God. Right. Uh, the numbers say that, you know. Stop, just go. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> everything was stacked against us this year, no matter what it was, from the opt outs to Brady leaving to Cam Newton not being, you know, the guy that we were hoping he would be. But also, you got to give credit to AFC East. This is the best AFC East has been as a whole between the Dolphins and the Bills they're both great teams now and that's just something we got to catch up to there is something to be said about that about teams that have been in dominant teams divisions for so long having to build their teams up to yeah. get to beat the the dominant team in the division like we ran the AFC South there for a while and by we I mean I was just on the tail end of it there <laughs> I was just I was just showing up whenever things you know like hey how's it going hey, I'm, well, here, I'm here to have a good time and then I'm gonna get out of here or whatever I got to see but there were some good teams in the AFC South there for a while. like the Houston Texans they built up their squad and as soon as we fell off the Texans went into the playoffs yeah. like quickly and they won some games like they got going when you're in one of those divisions you're probably gonna get you're not gonna make the playoffs 
or maybe you'll sneak in a wild card, but you're not going to you're going to lose at least two games because you're with the Don. I mean, there's just and you're trying to build that team, build that team just to beat them. And then whenever that team collapses, it's like, all right, now we got our squad. I'll be intrigued to see how buff because they look like their team is going to be good for a long time. Oh, yeah. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, if you listen to the commentators last night, which I assume a lot of people did, obviously. The, um, oh, yeah, or is muted like mine. No, well, see, oh, you don't have – that's on, why I dude. had to be very careful with how I described uh-huh. that because I knew that old camouflage pad over there. Well, you know, look, hey, I had to mute it because I, I've just grown numb to it. I can't deal with it anymore. i got to watch uh, that team but you, and listen to those guys. Yeah, but, yeah, all right. The opinions of the man in camouflage yes. who is a Patriot stooge is, uh, do not reflect that of his employer well, of or of his peers. I mean, some of his peers, but not of his employer. Uh, but you can listen to them because they get a chance to interview everybody, uh-huh. talk to everybody, you know. And you can hear some things. That have been, and I guess the way they were describing uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs' relationship is they, they view themselves as like the similar people, like super mm. competitive. They talk shit, I guess, to each other. Like it is those two, I think, I think we're potentially seeing oh, yeah. like a relationship that's going to last here. Now, Stephon Diggs probably gets talked about as a, in, a, in a negative light by some people because of what happened in Minnesota. I was very vocal last year. Not that Stephon Diggs was a problem, but I thought Stephon Diggs had a problem with Minnesota. I, I never know why somebody's pissed off at somebody else because I think anytime you assume that it's this person's fault as opposed to this person's fault and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, like that's a, that's a bad thing to do. So I didn't know Kirk. Cousins at the time. He's been mm-hmm. on the show one time. And I didn't know Stefan Diggs. So I didn't want to say why it seemed like those two were getting after. I just was saying there's a problem in Minnesota. He was throwing his helmet. And whenever they were in the lead in a playoff game, yep. there were some other situations that happened. Then in the offseason, he takes he was training in like Cardinals gear. He took out a I mean, it was like very obvious. So I think the natural reaction by a lot of people is that oh Stephon Diggs is a is a problem in the line. Well, maybe Stephon Diggs just had a problem with something that was in Minnesota. I'm not saying it was Kirk. I'm not saying it was any of his teammates. Maybe it was a front office member, maybe it was a coach. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. But it feels like Stephon. Josh Allen are going to be a tag team that is going to run for the next few years. And I'm pumped about it. Stefan looked like he was running at a different speed than everybody else last night. He looked faster than any human I've ever seen. He looked like he was running like Tyree Kill last night. Uh, Josh Allen was so comfortable. Now, granted, not a lot of pass rush. You guys are rushing three there for a while, and that's really nice. But if you have a guy like Stefan Diggs who's really fast, he can find and kind of get himself open there. I mean, interesting decision, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. We can't do anything on defense to begin with, so it doesn't matter if we rush 10 guys. But he he looked like a dude. Josh Allen sitting back there, the throws he was making, the the – the the clearing out with the post and then the crossing route to Stephon Diggs touchdown like he knew that was clearing out that guy was still in his eyesight but he had he turned his flipped his hips a little bit and Josh knew that guy was going to bail with the go route or whatever so it was like it just feels like that team is awesome and I'm pumped for Buffalo they gave the number 8,000 people were at the airport for them last night mm-hmm. it looked like 38,000 I'm pumped for Buffalo pumped for the Bills and they next week they're playing the Dolphins yeah, they're hot right now. They're playing great football. What they should do is just rest up, you know? Yeah. Take and, the last week off. And that's what Dolphins fans want. It no, is. it's just for the Bills, too. Oh, because I mean, you're should. looking out for the Bills. Yeah, and Gumpy's, Gumpy's a diehard Dolphins fan, yeah. so you have to remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the Dolphins win, they're in. But they play the Bills. The Bills now, if the Bills lose and the Steelers win, the Steelers will jump to the two seed, which plays the seventh seed. Three seed plays the sixth seed, obviously, and then four and five play against each other in the playoffs. I don't think the Bills care. 
And I'll tell you who definitely doesn't care. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're just assuming, let's go with the number three seed. They're going to they're gonna have Mason Rudolph play uh, this weekend, as been announced by at Rap Sheet Ian Rappaport. Uh, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin tells reporters that QB Mason Rudolph will start in Week oh. 17, a bye week for Big Ben. The Browns make the playoffs with a win, and now this face the Steelers' backup. So Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph going against each other Uh-oh. in a whack-a-mole, helmet-swinging revenge game Ooh. potentially for Mason Mason Rudolph, or is this Miles Garrett saying, hey, we're making the playoffs for the first time in a long time. I don't care who we're playing against. So the Buffalo Bills, hearing this information, potentially do rest against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Dolphins get in as well because they're going to be playing against a different group. But if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I don't think I'm worried about a damn thing and who I'm playing. They look very good right now. Mason Rudolph, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that team's going to stink. Oh, they're going to be so <laughs> bad. Mason Rudolph beats the Browns, knocks them out of the playoffs. You're in a bad spot, Brown. <laughs> Man, could you imagine Cleveland this year? They get 10 wins for the first time in forever. They had a lot of hype on them. They lose to the fucking Jets in Week 16. Then if they lose to Mason Rudolph and the Steelers in Week 17, don't make the playoffs, their fans are going to be like, same old fucking Browns. It's the same old story. There's no way. Browns probably win by 10 at least there, 14 maybe. I honestly do believe that. They get all their players back. They missed eight players last week uh, at wide receivers and uh, three offensive linemen. They'll get them all back. They have to win, and they're in. But then I think the Steelers face the Browns in the, in the playoffs potentially. Yeah. What was that, Nick? So maybe. Maybe they get them all back. You know? uh, this stuff tends to linger. Oh, you're talking about COVID. It can spread quick. Huh. You're talking about 1-9. It's a shame, but. You know, it takes all of us. Oh, you're Some people about, forgot that. You're talking about the Rona. Whoa. Is that what you're talking about? The line jumped the from vid. seven to nine and a half. See, because the way the sports book had it as Brown's seven-point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, on Hammer Don, which is a gambling podcast that comes out of this sh- uh, office Monday, Thursday, Friday, Michael Lombardi said, because uh, we talked about Mike, to Michael Lombardi, former general manager, we said, do you rest your players? If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, do you rest them because the week four bye week and everything like that? Or do you think to yourself, oh, they just learned how to play football again in the second half of that Colts game. Do we want to continue to ride that momentum a little bit? And he goes, well, uh, the Browns are favored by seven, so they're not starting Ben. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, somebody knows that they are arresting Ben. There's no way the Browns should be seven-point favorites against the Steelers uh, in Week 17 game. There's just no way. And lo and behold, this morning they announced that Rudolph was – so the sports books knew yesterday. Even though it jumped to nine, they probably already knew yesterday that this was going to happen, or they were just predicting or, or guessing that it was going to happen. But I, Mason Rudolph, I think he is – listen, I, I don't know him as a person, never met him, probably a good guy. That guy fucking stinks at football. It, it, it just seems like he has stunk – at NFL, they had Duck Hodges start. Oh, yeah. Listen, quack, 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 Duck dressing this weekend. We love Ooh. Duck. We love Duck. Okay, love Duck. Oh yeah, won games last year. But Mason got benched for Duck last year, and Duck was throwing the ball like six times a game. I think at some point. I mean, it was unless Mason Rudolph got incredibly better during these Zoom calls this off season. If you're a Steelers fan, are you just not watching this game? Is that what you're doing, Nick? Or are you just not watching? No, it's the Browns. So you know we're yeah, but your watch. team doesn't care. Yeah. Your team at doesn't all. Care. Okay, we'll lose the Browns. Finally, figure Browns. out how to play football again. Let's just take them out, and then we'll just reset this whole process. Uh, listen, I'm not Evan Fox. I'm not just going to turn the game off when things go. So <laughs> oh, you know, oh, we're going to watch. We're going to enjoy it, win or lose, because we're going to the playoffs, and the Browns might not be. Could you imagine if Mason? Can Rudolph beats the Browns? Dude? Oh, there's no hey, chance. There's no chance. As a Lions fan who is, you know, Lions are very similar to the Browns. 
I would be so scared of Mason Rudolph. Like, <laughs> Rudolph. Browns There's a reason people say same old Lions or same old Brownies, and this is exactly why, because they will lose to Mason Rudolph in Week 17. I think we might be doing a little recency bias here. They're not. Okay? They were out eight wide receivers and three offensive linemen last week. Okay? The Jets beat them. I get it. But the Jets beat the BRNs. They didn't even have Al in there. You know what I mean? They're losing fucking most of their goddamn team, dude. If they lose to Mason Rudolph, I feel so bad for the damn dog pound. It's unbelievable. The Steelers lost to the Bengals of Big Ben. They are going to get slaughtered by the Browns with Mason Rudolph. That's, that's what I think as well. Slaughtered. But, man, the football gods seem to dump on some cities. <laughs> And this would be a massive shit on Cleveland. <laughs> ben and the God did, in fact, you know, come together last week at halftime. So here we are. I'm happy it was Ben and God coming together and not everything else you guys have been saying. Well, they came together and they, you know, we got to get to a break. <laughs> and shout out to us for making an official announcement for the NFL. Ooh. Now, there might be an asterisk next to this one, a pretty large one, but we would like to be the first ones to say this. Joining us now is a man who this season has thrown for 4,059 yards. Whoa! 44 touchdowns with only five interceptions. A man who this 2020 season has made football look easier than A.J. Dillon did against Boston Connor in high school up in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. In a man that we can say officially, kind of, the 2020 NFL MVP! Aaron Rodgers. Congrats, man. What's on your shirt, buddy? Me? Santa Claus, Stone Cold, and some uh, milk and cookies. You know what I mean? Nice. What's on your shirt there? The Empire Strikes Back? You a big Star Wars guy? I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I would have guessed that, I think, actually, now that I have got the now, name. But let me, let, me, let me put a caveat on that. I have not seen The Mandalorian, oh. any of it. So people are like, oh, my God, you haven't seen The Mandalorian? Yeah. Because there's people, there's people that aren't Star Wars fans that have seen The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? That was kind of like the thing. Yeah, well, I'll get to it at some point. But I'm, episode four, five, and six, very, very special to me. Are those movies? I don't, I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> the originals. What are the originals, those? man. Original. New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Do you watch them like yearly, or is it just something you haven't seen in a long time? Is it something you keep up with? You do it again, remind you of how awesome they are? Is Star Wars really that close to you? Pat, I feel like you're a guy who has uh, some nostalgia in your life, you know, some feelings of attachment to certain points in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's what those movies are for me. Well, and for so, me, yeah, it's... I watch, them, I watch them every single year. And for me, it's the attitude era of WWF. <laughs> you know, when Stone yeah, Cold yeah. is losing his mind. Um, we're Not all... when Goldberg was sticking people and... And Hogan and the NWO. I guess you're a little young for that. No, 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 no. That's the, that's the Monday Night Wars. I was in the middle of that. I, I was always a WWF guide, which is now WWE. But the Goldberg streak, he couldn't help but respect it. Just a, a wall of a man spearing people every single night. It was awesome. Ripping heaters and doing trap raises, you know? Hey, we had A.J. Dillon on earlier. 
He looked like he had shoulder pads on underneath of his hoodie. He is a strapping young lad Yo. over there. Yeah. Did you did you walk around and uh, twirl around? Did he show you his uh, his quads or anything? <laughs> he did mention that you talked about his quads being bigger than my quads earlier this year, and he asked how I felt about it. So it felt like a little bit of a shot from AJ, and it reminded me of a shot that you took of me. But his legs are grotesque. He had a massive game on Sunday night, though. Did you expect that from him? No, not really. Not, not really. I mean, uh, legit, though. Like, I knew that with Jamal out, he was going to get some carries. And then with Jonesy getting banged up, um, you know, he was in the first series. I wasn't sure if we were just spelling Aaron and giving him a little break or not. And then he was in the next series. I was like, oh, he must be actually hurt. So this kid's going to get a lot of a lot of carries. But he settled in. You know, I think he had a couple a couple uh, plays that gave him some confidence. You know, he broke some tackles and ran a couple guys over, a couple of his own guys as well. Um, he was just bully ball, man. He was running. Uh, he was running pretty hard. It was fun to watch. Hey, big backs in the big backs in the winter have done pretty well over the years in Green Bay. Well, that's you got to be able to run the rock. Do you believe that old, uh, you know, like the old cliche that playoff football December January you got to be able to run the ball? You don't believe that? I don't believe that, but I, I do believe that it is a little harder to tackle big backs in the winter outdoors in the elements. How come it looks so easy to you out there? It was it was not not just football in general, which the season has for you. Congrats on the 2020 MVP. Yeah. You didn't even say anything about it. We gave a full fucking Woo. celebration. We had poppers, the whole thing. You, we're going to have to clean those up. I see the poppers oh, yeah. really going up. I saw some of the boys, you know, those quick snapshots of them. I didn't see, like, they were, okay, yeah, I saw that. Oh, there's smoke in that thing, huh? I didn't know there was, like, little blanks in there. Yeah. We look, we have a full mess. Coming in. Look at that, dude. You won the MVP, bro. That one's broke. Mine was a dud, too. How are you guys able to even operate the show without Ty? You know, Ty sent me a message, you know, said he has some, you know, fiance duties (laughs) that he had to take care of. Yeah. I don't know. And then AJ, you know, he's, you know, on vacation. Yeah. How does the show, what's the glue that keeps the show together? I've always wondered. This is, the, let me tell you, the only reason why we're live right now is so we can save vacation time for the off season. <laughs> like literally, that's the only time. The only reason why we are currently live and everybody else seems to be on a break. Everybody literally mm-hmm. seems to be on a break is because we're saving days for the off season when we got to go to Malibu alongside Ooh. Ty, where I'm going to get an Airbnb, but Ty will be at your place or whatever. We got to save up vacation days for that type of stuff, but we do miss Ty around here on daily. We will tell you that we do miss the guy around here. Hey, you know, it's important duties for him. You know, it's been, I'm sure, a weird year for him and his fiance. Thinking you're going to get married at some point, and you got to push it back. <sighs> we, know, my wife and I had to do that. My wife had to plan, like, four weddings. It was a nightmare. Eh? I mean, obviously, best day of my life. Let's not, mm-hmm. hey, let's not get it twisted. Best day of my life. But the, the process of being a COVID wedding was wild. And Ty's been in the middle of that as well. Aaron Ty's Which been basically in- means she said yes four times to you. So you got to feel good about that. Yeah, I and didn't. Three opportunities for her to be like, huh. I just don't know if it's in the cards. I mean, I feel like the signs are saying, eh. So four different times she said, yeah. Look then, how positive you are there. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even think about her, you know, saying, well, I could opt out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world, the universe kind of gave me a reason to potentially opt out another time. And then, oh, wait, there's another wave. There's the universe again. And she said, no, that's a very positive way to look at that. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, let's talk positive about your athleticism. How about you skirt, skirt for like a 15, 16 yard gain? I thought you were going to be very winded afterwards. You look like you were just uh, as fresh as a daisy afterwards. Yeah, I feel I'm, I'm pretty, I get faster in the snow. I've always felt like 
That was a that was a screen pass actually. It's supposed to be a screen to the left. I'm not sure what the right uh, what uh, old Billy Turner was doing on that play, but <laughs> I rolled out to the right. Everything I looked to the left, they were all over the screen. I said, "I'm yeah, I'm gonna run this bitch." I think and uh, and cut it back there. Had vision to the of the end zone for sure, but uh, you know I, I I must admit I get a little jealous. You know I watch uh, I watch Tannehill uh, get to do some you know some read option stuff. He runs fifty for a touchdown. Just still waiting, you know, just still waiting on my opportunities for that. But, you know, throwing throwing passes. The other quarterbacks get a chance to catch passes. You know, Mom's all I lost. do is just sit in the pocket and read defenses, man. What's that all about? It's got, it looks boring. It does for you. It looks very boring. Four incompletions this past week. What an embarrassment. Jeez. What an absolute Clean embarrassment. How come, is it because you just have massive hands? That's what I assume. How come in the snow, you guys, it, it like 20 degrees, It's it had to be cold as hell. You got your long johns on, which is hilarious, by the way, that you just wear long john underwear, it looks like. But it feels like you're, you get better in that those conditions. What is it? Because it's going to be a tough out for anybody to have to go to Lambeau. I think Tennessee realized that, and they were a run team. It changed their entire team. You guys seem to get better in the snow. Why is it? Is it just a comfort? Is it a uh, like you're used to it? What is it? I I don't know about anybody else, but I keep telling myself that I am less miserable than they are, and I <laughs> I think there's something to that. There's something to to practicing outside and just being around the cold and doing things uh, in that environment that. You know, you just kind of deal with it. It's a mindset. Other teams come in, you just give them a reason to to start letting that those feelings creep in. That man, this sucks, man. I can't wait to get on the bus and get out of here and get back home and get in a warm environment. And just give them a, give them a reason to start having those thoughts when you can score early. And we score in the first three possessions. And although they came back and made it a game in the third quarter, uh, that definitely uh, gave us a big jolt of confidence. And and then you know we had back to back possessions there. And, uh, when they came back to to put them away, and it's just it's a different environment. It takes a different type of mindset to play in the cold. It, it does help having big hands and, and having a a lot of games under my belt in those type of conditions. But you know, a lot of it is it really is I feel is a mindset, and and we've been we handled it really well. Did do you work with like wet ball? Do you do wet ball drills all week? Like I hate I, with a passion. I hate wet ball drills. Farvey and I Me used too. to, I used to, he used to go through kind of his top five least favorite things, uh, you know, like in a, that he has to do in a week or you know, especially with football. Wet ball drills is in the top five for sure. I, it's one of the dumbest drills ever invented. It has zero application to an actual game. In no game, at no time, will you have a ball that just got out of a, being dunked in the water that you have to find a way to hold and throw. Even in the wettest games I've played in, the most rain, it's not anywhere near that ridiculous drill. And uh, I refuse to do that. Right up next to it is stand at a hotel night before a game. Oh, the worst. There is zero uh, scientific evidence or reasons. And I, I think I, in all my years, I finally understood where it came from recently. It was some coach... Uh, who said, I'm going to do things differently. Let's have everybody stay in a hotel. And uh, luckily for him, he had some success. And then some people on his staff were like, hey, remember what that coach used to do, make everybody stay at the hotel? We should do that. Yeah. And then it perpetuated this idea that you have to stay at a hotel at night for a game, have this weird, bizarre, forced accountability that also you're staying the most important night of sleep on a bed 
that's not even your own bed. Oh. It's it is the most ridiculous thing in our I think probably in our sport. Now away games obviously you have to travel. Aaron's talking about home games and for those that Way don't know different. home I'm games. Away, game. away games you get. You go on the road, you stay at a hotel, that's normal. But at staying at home, it's a home game. And then having to go to a hotel <laughs> and stay at a hotel. I mean, if you ask Age, he could tell stories. He would, AJ, he would wake up at, I don't know, four or five, whatever, the earliest time he could wake up and then go back home and sleep, you know, for another two or three hours in the morning. A lot of guys like, would do that, by the way. A lot of guys would do that in the cold as well. Yeah, a lot of guys, myself included, a lot of times. It is the dumbest part. Don't you have any pool over there? Don't you have any? You're Aaron Rodgers, dude. Can't you be like, you know what I've decided? I'm staying in my white brick house the night before this game. I think I've deserved it at this point. Yeah, if you want to take a little 10 grand, 15, 20 grand fine, maybe. Yeah, and also you kind of look like a dick, I guess, if everybody else isn't doing it. But you're 100% right. Everybody thought it was dumb. Everybody thinks it's dumb. It still happens. Was there ever a time in your NFL career where it didn't happen, like early? No, it was always that was always a standard. Um, you know, we've stayed at dorms in, during training camp as well over at St. Norbert's, and I don't think that's dumb. But guys, you know, often are like they see me like leaving in the morning, like, "Wait, you stay at the dorms too?" <laughs> yeah, I would. I would ask that question as well. Yeah. Well, it's nice uh, to get. You know, I think dorm rooms though, training camp. I think teams getting away and getting together is a good thing to build team camaraderie. I think the night before hotel thing is just like a, how can we control you one last time before the game starts. Personally, I think it's it's very. We had bed bugs in one of the hotels we were in at home. It was wild. Had to change the hotels like literally as we were at the hotel. I had to go to another hotel. Oh, bed bugs were found in a couple guys' rooms. Was it anybody important? Like I'll fucking take it. Like we don't need luck getting goddamn bed bugs at this point. I mean, it is it is a wild, archaic idea. Um, you're going to win the MVP. Like I assume that is. Something you've talked about how it would be cool if you want it or it'd be important to you and you care about the MVP, but you're going to win it now at this point. We've been banging the drum hard. Oh, yeah. A lot of money has been made in this office mm-hmm. for betting on you winning the MVP. Beginning of the season, you're plus 2300. Plus 2300. Just a couple weeks ago, you were plus 600. Now you're minus 145. You don't know what gambling is, but that is bad odds now. You're not, nobody's making money. Early, we made a lot of money off of you winning the MVP. But do you, do you, whenever you think about the MVP, is that a goal of yours going into every season? Or is there a list of goals? How about going into games? Do you have a list of goals for each game? Like, do, how do you operate? Is it just like, I just want to go win the games? Yeah, I mean, I think there's preseason goals and, and things you'd like to accomplish. Game to game, it's more, it's way simpler than that. It's not, uh, it's not statistical goals. It's more of a, a, a way of playing. It's, it's getting into a rhythm. It's, it's uh, decision-making. Uh, it's uh, the checks, you know, it's, set of boxes that I'd like to like to check off, you know, just making sure that I'm getting us in the right plays and, and decision-making and the rest of the stuff comes with, with those boxes being checked, the performance and the, you know, the, uh, the stats and all that just come with doing little things. You, that's what I like to break it down even more than that, but begin the season for sure. Like those are, uh, you, you know, you know, if you, if you uh, have a type of performance week to week that you want to have, you're going to be in the mix for a Pro Bowl and All-Pro and MVP. And anyone who says that stuff's not important to them uh, is just a robot who um, probably not someone that I, you know, I, you or I would want to spend time with because I don't, I don't know why people would shy away from 
from just sharing their feelings on on that. Like, why would you not want to be voted the Pro Bowl? Why would you not want to be voted All Pro? Why would you not want to win MVP? Like, those are those are markers in our game that are voted on by people who have studied the game for a long time. And uh, and yeah, would it be cool? Hell yeah, it'd be awesome. How many do you have at this point? I've won two. Do you have the? Do you have them up anywhere? Are they like in an office? Are they hanging out? You got them in a vault? Yeah, my vault. Ooh. You have a vault? Do you really? You got a, you got like an escape room? I love escape rooms. Have you ever done those before? No, but I've seen it. It seems like it's a good time. It's like jigsaw, right? It's like saw, but you don't get your legs cut off and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little safer than that. <laughs> what do you, do you have them in your office? Like, is- uh, yeah, I just have them in a couple. Uh, I think one of them's here, and one of them's one of them's probably out west somewhere. Do you take photos with people? Depends. I'd like to have, you know, normal conversations, interactions with people. So if it's not a good time or I'm doing something, I might say, hey, it's, you know, sorry, man, it's not a good time. You know, I'm, I'm on the phone or I'm... I'm talking about other famous people. Because wa- in my head, I'm thinking of Peyton's office I walked into one time. I probably wasn't supposed to be in there. I went to it down a hallway. I probably wasn't supposed to go down. Went to a bathroom I probably wasn't supposed to be in. And then uh, directly across from the bathroom was his office, which I probably definitely wasn't supposed to go into. And he just, he had his MVPs in there. And that, he had photos with every human that was of a notable human just all around his office. And it was kind of cool for me to be like, oh, like Peyton's a fan of people like you know what I mean it, like it like uh it was almost like a situation where now granted I think Archie came in and found me he was like Pat what's going on in here and he was like you're missed you're missed in the living room or whatever and I was like oh Archie I'm sorry about that but it was like kind of cool to see he had his awards in there obviously and I was like well I'm obviously never going to accomplish anything near what this guy's accomplished but then the photos I was like oh it kind of made me th- look at Peyton more of like a human do you take photos with like other notable do you guys when you're in your little notable hangouts uh do you guys all take photos with each other how does that work I mean, my office is not decked out with me uh, in photos of other people. It's uh, like famous people. It's me and my friends. You know, I have a picture from Tahoe with AJ and his brother and my buddy Eric and um, and my buddy Brian and his buddy Clay. And I have a, uh, a painting of the seventh hole at Pebble that Scotty Tolzien got me. Oh, I love Scotty Tolzien. Holes in all of golf. Yeah, he got me up for Christmas one year. I have, uh, you know, pictures with... Uh, other friends, I got a Bob Ross painting in there. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I love it. There you go. I see Bobby. Yeah, I have to have dark in order to show light. It's just like in life. This is Dad Days for Life sent me this. Merry Christmas to me, dude. I put him right next to Jesus over here. He hasn't That's made his way up. Oh. Is, that the, is that the Jared Lorenzen on there, too? Yeah, the hefty lefty man. He sent this to us or we bought it. I forget which one it was, but good guy. He's always on here every day. What a legend of a man that guy was. Yeah. He's, hey, he could huck that ball now. I mean, he would. Good man. He really could. He was standing there. He just, he just, did you see Josh Allen last night? Did you watch the game last night? No. He can hum it, dude. It feels like there's some, like right now, it feels like there's a lot of quarterbacks who can fucking throw, huck that pigskin right now. You know he's what I mean? got, yeah, he's got a helping arm. I mean, he can, he can do it from every arm angle. And, yeah. Did you see your boy Matty Stafford have a no-look touchdown the other day? Yes. Well, I mean, I'd said it on this show. I know, I know, I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and you never get any credit for it Matt, either. It's, it shouldn't be surprising to people. He's been doing it for years. All right, I wrote down some things during the game to ask you about. <laughs> You're squatting 405 pounds right now? Is that real? Yeah, that's real. 
when do you once a week you when do you max out are you maxing out during this tuesdays is my uh no it's not a max out it's not a one rep max it's it's uh, at least three reps and it's um it's it's set so i'll work up i'll start like uh Today was a lighter day, so I only finished with 365, but it was a different time. A different time, you know, the the, the strain wasn't supposed to be uh, like it is on other days. But we never do one rep maxes. It's just, it's kind of a um, a, a build up in weight. So when I when I get up to 405, it's, you know, I'll start with 365 and then go 385 and then go 405 or whatever. And you said you just started doing that again this year. Is that the big thing you looked back from 2010 in film and preseason yeah, and saw second, your legs? Second half. Second half of last year, and then this entire year. Yeah, I think it's really, it's really helped. I just need to build my legs back after you know I broke my leg and sprained my uh, MCL in uh, in eighteen. I just needed to, I just couldn't do a whole lot on that leg. I needed to build it up with proprioception first, and then once I got the proprioception back, then I then I really started adding some uh, some lifting. Proprocep balance. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Hey. MVP brain over there, dude. Okay, the what was the thing you looked at in film from 2010 that you said uh, you would you would let us know what it was at some point? What was it? It's the season not over yet. <sighs> all right, we'll get that. That's at some all point. the secrets yet, Pat. Come on. Hey, okay, all right, you're right. Uh, you have most touchdowns in a stadium. Okay, there's a uh, Roethlisberger and Hines, I assume, and then there's Gillette with Tom, and then you pass Brett Favre, uh, who had two sixteen or something like that. Lambeau, it feels like it's going to be home field advantage now for you guys in the playoffs as well. But is there is is that your favorite place to play? I would assume it is at this point. It would have to be. But is there anywhere else that even comes close to playing at Lambeau for you? Well, I like playing at Soldier Field as well, which is this week. You know, we've had some. Some big there. It's uh, it's way better with fans. I mean, look, the fans make the environment. Like, obviously, the rivalry helps, and and if you're playing a good team, but when you have a fan base that's so invested, like Chicago sports fans are, uh, like New York sports fans and Boston sports fans, especially, and obviously our fans. But there's just some places that are made more special by the ambiance and the noise and the environment that a fan base can bring. And Soldier Field is one of those places. It's just it's such a fun place to play. There's so much history in that stadium and so many great players and great rivalries and great games there. Um, and we've had some big ones over the years as well, some really, uh, you know, some big uh, some big wins. Won the NFC Championship there. Came back from broken collarbone of 13 and hit a fourth and eight to Kabi there. Huh. Uh, so there's been, some, there's been some big ones over the years at that stadium. Always some epic battles as well especially over the years with uh Erlacher and Briggs and Peanut and uh Julius and all the guys they've had and now this group of guys who are super talented as well so and there's a lot to play for they obviously have been playing better they've won three out of four uh since we last played them and they you know have a fast track to the playoffs you know they, they control their own fate um, we also have to win to get the one seed. So a lot, uh, definitely a lot on the line. Oh, I like to hear that, by the way. The whole, uh, yeah, we also got a one seed to get. Everybody's going to have to come through Lambeau. Much different football game. Can't wait to see how you do in Soldier Field. Do you have any hilarious interactions with fans? Anybody ever say something just absolutely despicable to you right to your face because they paid for a ticket in the front row of a stadium, so they're allowed to say whatever they want to anybody? Oh, I mean, there's been a bunch. Uh, there's been a bunch over the years. I think the 
the rowdiest and the biggest trash talkers and the funniest trash talkers are in Philly. Oh, yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's, there's been a lot of different interactions. And we had a, a stretch there where we played them a few times in Philly. And one time I got hit with a battery in the helmet. Um, but the funniest was we were playing them on a Monday night. I think it was in 2006. And one of your boys can fact check this. But it was, it was oh, I feel like it was 2006. Might have been 2005. But the entire game, every time Far would come out of the game and we'd look at the pictures, somebody in the stands would, would yell, Hey, Rogers. Get the splinters out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the entire game. I mean, he had to be in one of the first two rows, but every single time I came over, get the splinters out your ass. Did you ever turn around and interact with said guy? I did because I, at, at, in the beginning I was like, man, why is he yelling at me? You know, like of all the things you would be yelling. And then when you just kept going and going, it went from like to like, I respect this guy now. This guy, this is he's he's carried it on the entire game. At some point, I got to turn around and and give this guy a thumbs up. So I turned around. He looked at me. I was like, "Hey, kudos to you, bro. That's a you know for you sticking with it. The stick to itiveness that you have. Oh yeah, yelled at the entire game without oh. me turning around to like the you know middle of the third quarter." A lot of respect for that. I had a Philly. Uh, we played the Eagles the week after my suspension for my alleged event in Philadelphia primetime game. Couldn't have been a worse place to go to after that arrest that I had. It was amazing. The entire game. Some guy who sounded like he was potentially 400 pounds, and once I eventually turned around, he was about five mm-hmm. bills or whatever. He had a little – you could hear it in his voice, you know. He was he was giving it to me. McAfee team! Like, my name was wrong the entire time. And uh, Vinatieri and I made a, an agreement that I wasn't going to turn around because we knew I was going to hear it from Philly. like We knew I was going to hear things, especially after a week's suspension or whatever. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to give him even the time of day. This guy, though, after the first couple times, I'm like, oh, I got to see this human. And I turn around. He's holding a like a uh, like a cartoon-sized beer. It was like a 44-ouncer, it felt like that. And he goes, there's nothing wrong with having a few of these and going for a swim. And the, his entire section started cheering, right? They're like, yeah. And he like chugged his beer or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my man, like I appreciate you, you know? I go out there. I pin him at like the one. I got lucky on a punt. I go back. And he goes, McCaffrey. And I turn around. He goes, fuck you. And I was like, I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. And it was like I had the full Philadelphia Eagles fan experience in about five minutes. I love it. Baltimore was always rowdy, I thought. I enjoy them. Pittsburgh was always rowdy. I enjoy those fans that are just ruthless. Like, I love that type of shit. Yeah, I like you know, one the other thing you miss about the fans is there's always some wild cards that that could show up. Like in Cincy in 05, when we were driving down and some dude runs out of the stands right past me, we're like on the plus 20 going in, down seven to try and score, and he runs down there and they, the back judge sees it at a, when he's running about the plus 40. Right, I'm standing on the minus 30, so I'm way away from the play. So there, he literally runs like 70 yards, takes the ball out of Favre's hands. And tries to, and they they've blown the play at this point. We're like on the ball in two minutes. They've blown the play, and he runs down to try and score a touchdown. And he's already exhausted. I give him, you know, I got him some credit because he ran about eighty yards to even get the ball. Then he's trying to go eighty the other way. <laughs> Tough. He wasn't in shape. He wasn't in shape. Uh, in Philly, I believe it might have been that same game where splinters at your ass. Somebody ran on the field and dumped a substance at midfield. <laughs> Turned out to be his mother's ashes. 
Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and at Lambo as well, you never know. Like, there hasn't been any, uh, you know, any dongs out or anything. But yeah. but there's been some speedos and some 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 streakers, um, and they always get ripped by you know some security guard or player. Brad Jones, one of our linebackers, one time was on kickoff. Somebody ran out there, avoided a couple of our security guys, and then Brad just clotheslined the shit out of them, and then they you know jumped on him. But I, I do miss the. You, the fans. you miss the fans. You miss the fans. A lady or a guy dumping his mother's ashes on the midfield is a story I haven't heard, and I wish I did. Let's talk about running. You ran. My next question here, I have it written down. How tired were you at the end of the half when you ran a gasser before throwing it? But you ran fifty-three and a third all the way over there, gained like four yards or whatever. Uh, at what point were you regretting your entire decision there, or was it like I can't believe I have this much time back here? Uh, when I turned back to the right, I was really thinking that Jones, who was blocking on the backside of, of the rollout, I thought he might be wide open. I could just dump it to him. Once I turned, I realized he's, I don't know why, he's behind me. So I can't throw it to him. Basically, all the other guys down the field are out of range or covered. And I start running back to the right and thinking, okay, now guys are going to start coming back over. I'm going to have a place to go with the football. Or Jones, he's going to like get in front of me and I can toss to him or maybe lateral to him. Anything to get the ball out of my hands. Yeah. Because you know, after about 40, 50 yards, like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty gassed. Then I have to do the, the calculation in my head quickly. How far is the sideline compared to how far to 51 drills me? And then do I at one point do I want to take him on and try and juke him? Because I juke him get like 20 yards. That is a fleeting thought that gets out of my head very quickly. Then I realized i got to try and make it to the sideline. And was able to just just make it. Then there was some really interesting trash talk that went on um, as you know, uh, fifty one decided to call me a, a you know a name, and then I asked him why he called me the name. <laughs> and, and so there was a good back and forth. And then ninety eight, you know, wanted to jump in and, and have some conversation. So there was to answer your question. As I left the field uh, after throwing it to Tay there on whatever down that was. About halfway up the tunnel, I was like, man, my leg's a little heavy. <laughs> a little bit tired. What, Why don't I just throw it away? Normally, you get along, by the way, with the opponent. What happened between 5198 and yourself? Did it end up being a kosher, or was there a little bit of problems there? It was kosher towards the end of the game. 98 uh, was Mississippi State, really good player, and he, he played with uh, uh, our left guard, Elton Jenkins. And so we kind of knew that he was going to be uh, talking most of the game. It literally, at one point late in the game, he said, can't run my side. And we both, and it was like me and, uh, I don't know, this big dog or somebody else, we looked up at the scoreboard and we were like, we ran for 225 yards. <laughs> so pretty well to both sides tonight. That was, so I like, I like the interaction and, and, uh, you know, we had a, we had a good time with that. 51 and I had a good conversation after that. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I was just confused as we, you know, I ran out of bounds and he's, you know, calling me a name. I said, what name do you call? You won't even say. You don't have to say. Can we describe it? Is it a very soft, delicate, very important to society thing? Well, no, no, it wasn't even a big deal. He just, you know, it it wasn't great trash talk. It wasn't. Oh, did you tell him that? Like, if I had to grade what you said to me, they're also weak. By the way, if, is that? I told him. I said, I said, I appreciate the answer, but but the trash talk wasn't uh, wasn't top notch. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, Malcolm Butler does the belt, okay? 
He intercepts you. All right. As soon as he intercepts you, he knows in his head, I just intercepted a goat here. This is going up in the office. Probably this ball right here is going up in the office. It's going up in the man. You could see that he kind of forgot what he wanted to do. Then he did a very subtle belt. Okay, just a very subtle one. You guys were up 19 at this point. He did a very subtle belt at this point. Then uh, what followed there, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'll let you know. But you, uh, you went to Devontae, and he ran by him, and then you dropped one in the bucket right by Malcolm Butler, and then you guys scored a touchdown there. Uh, what Did you see the belt, and did that affect any of the future plays that happened in the rest of the game? I didn't see it. You didn't see it? I didn't see it. But I think at this point, people should know that that's just hasn't worked out over the years. <laughs> oh, man. It hasn't. Even my boy Jimmy Graham did it uh, back in like 2011 when we played him in the opening game. It's just, it's, it hasn't worked out very well. So I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I didn't see it. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have stopped me or made me want to go his side anymore. Yeah, there was nothing stopping you and Devontae this weekend. He was, I mean, watching it, it, you throwing in the 20-degree weather in the snow is stupid. You make it look very easy. Him cutting, it feels like he just has a different balance to him in the snow than everybody else. He was look, making it all look so easy. And your quote after the game was, you've always said that Charles Woodson was the best player, football player you've ever seen. It's time for Devontae to get into that conversation. What is it? Has this year been anything different with Devontae? Has this always been Devontae? We just haven't noticed? Or is this just what it, he is? Unbelievable to watch. You two are a hell of a tag team. It is a blast to watch you guys work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the way that he's dominated, I haven't seen uh, this this type of domination since Charles. Um, it, it's just been on a different level. We've played, uh, you know, we've played 15 games. He's played 13, but really 12 and a half because uh, he missed the whole second half of Detroit. Uh, so the numbers that he's put up is ridiculous. And you start talking about the history of a franchise – this isn't just any franchise. This is the Green Bay Packers. We've been around since 1919. Um, and I know that, you know, throwing the football hasn't been uh, the same. It wasn't the same back in 1919. Even in the 1960s, it was all about the Packers sweep and the more running-focused uh, team. But you're talking about the history of a story franchise, and he is uh, four catches away, two touchdowns away, and the yardage is a little high. But you're talking about a guy that's really played 12 and a half games and had over 100 catches and 17 touchdowns and 1,300 yards, something that only those numbers that only, I believe, Chris Carter and Randy Moss have done, um, it starts to get up in that upper echelon of seasons where uh, the greatness that you're rubbing shoulders with is is all time. It's guys who are wear, wearing yellow jackets. So that's when I feel like the conversation has to start changing, and you have to just give him his credit for what he's accomplished this year. Is he open? <laughs> After the game, you know, that catch he had uh, on Malcolm there late in the game, in September it's a tough catch. In September in 75 degrees, it's a tough catch. In December in 20 degrees, it's an incredible catch. It's uh, it's it's amazing. And just the stuff that he does uh, is amazing. I threw a ball to him uh, on, a, on a deep over in the, uh, in the first quarter. And he made like a catch where – he kind of super nonchalantly, it was behind him probably a foot, and he just kind of whirled around and, and caught, it looked like a back shoulder, like 
crossing route, and I was mad because I if I hit him on his front number. Who knows? He might make a guy miss and score. But just he catches it and he tucks it, it's just so smooth. It's like these little plays that that people probably don't don't even see in the moment. They think, oh, nice throw, good catch. Well, it wasn't a great throw, and it was an amazing catch. And <laughs> it was nonchalant by him. Um, but he just does a lot of things. The the touchdown over the middle, obviously we had great protection and play fake. We're looking for big dog on the play. He broke his route out, broke his route off. He's supposed to run a deep uh, a deep over on the back line, uh, but him and I were on the same page. We talked about something, uh, you know, a week ago in a different play against a different opponent, and he ended up making that adjustment in the moment. I saw it hit him. That's the things you love. It's just when you don't even have to communicate about it, and it can come together like that. How, um, whenever you, so this is kind of coming up with a lot of younger quarterbacks. All right. So Tua is a topic of a conversation and there's some mic'd up moments between Fitzmagic and Tua where Fitzmagic is basically telling Tua, like, you know, some nights or some days the guy you see isn't going to be open, but you got to take your shot. Like it's one, two, and he might not be open, but you still got to take your shot. Whenever you have a guy like Devante out there, is it? Is he just always open? Like in your mind, like you hear wide receivers be like, "Hey, I'm like seven eleven. I'm always open." Is that what it is with Devontae? Like it doesn't matter what the corner does. It's like you have so much trust in him. Or how does that all kind of play out there? I think it always depends on the route. I'm always looking for the highest percentage play, uh, the highest percentage pass within the play. And you know, in the old offense it came down to matchups, and it was really about trying to pick the best matchup all the time. This offense is so much more about uh, progressions and scheme. It's a little different mindset. Um, but I can easily jump uh, Devontae from like the three in the progression to the one in the progression on, on certain plays based on the route that he has and his ability to run that route and the expectation he's going to win it, which happens a lot because he's just such a dynamic route runner. Um, we do call a lot of plays for him. Uh, why wouldn't you when you have a guy that's that dynamic? Yeah. But his ability to do things within the offense and make it his own, add his own creative creativity and flair to the routes allows him to be open way more than um than other guys you know i saw this back in 14 i remember we played uh, seattle first game of the year and they and they whooped us and the whole game we put uh jordy on the left um we weren't sure if richard was going to go and travel with him uh but we put him on the left um you know, if Richard did travel with him, he's more of a you know defensive left corner, which is the offense's right. So maybe that would make him feel a little less comfortable. He didn't. He stayed on his side. Devontae was, was going against him most of the game as our outside receiver. And I went back and watched that film, and I remember thinking, and this kid was – he was open a lot. You know, he, he was running really, really good routes. Kind of locked that away and, and – uh, you know, didn't uh, obviously he had a couple of big games that year. He had a big game against New England and a big game in the playoffs against Dallas. But I never forgot like his ability to run routes, especially against a premier corner like Richard, one of the best of our generation, um, if not the best. But oh, that, dude, that, that's a big that statement, never, right? There. You just started so much shit with that. I mean, you were complimenting Devonte, but what you just said about Richard—that's going to cause its own thing. What, what thing? Well, just the thing with the the best thing, the thing. Anytime you do that, it becomes a thing. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I've played against so many great ones over the years, and and he's in the conversation. I mean, he's so 
so talented. But you saw early that Devontae was going to be special. Early, he had just a different type of route running ability. Yeah. Um, and then he transformed his body because at that time he was like 225. You know, he was thick. I think he weighs more closer to 210 now. And he's, you know, he's, he's quick enough to get on top and, and the beat guys over the top. And then if you press him, Problems. you know, it's tough. All right. A couple more questions here. I thank you for your time, by the way. You're the best. Congrats on the 2020 MVP. Yeah. Woo. Scary. <laughs> What's that, dude? I love you. Yep. Roger Goodell, I love you too, man. Roger Goodell told me that uh, I was allowed to announce that today if I wanted to, so that was very uh-huh. nice. He tweeted me. Oh, Rog, yeah. Sure <laughs> At NFL Commission, dude. He said, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's scary ninja mean? Dude, does that mean throw to the left? Uh, no. No, I can't tell you what that means. You're going to have to change Gosh. it. Everybody heard it, dude. Every, like, I'm not the only one that heard scary ninja. I mean, it was very loud. It was like you were screaming into my living room, scary ninja, that particular But part. how awesome is it to be able to say that? Oh, now scary. that they can hear everything? I mean, what's what's cooler than a scary ninja? <laughs> scary ninja! <laughs> Green 90s! And it was a throw to the left. I, th- I was so... Just, it felt like you were even maybe grabbing the microphone with how clear it came through. It sounded like you were even like as loud as you possibly could. You won't tell me what it means. That's great. Um, Aaron Jones stepped out of bounds on that long uh, play. At what point do you know he stepped out of bounds or we got to hurry up and snap that thing before it challenges out there? Does Aaron tell you that he potentially did it or how's that communication work? A lot of times if a receiver knows they didn't catch it, they'll kind of give me a sign if they call it a catch and we'll go quickly just to put an, uh, an, uh, an onus on it and it's worked the other way too sometimes when the when it, the you're here in your ear like oh we didn't catch it we got to go quick we gotta, you know we got to run a, a quick play uh sometimes the receiver would be like hey i caught it we're good you know? <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time they, they haven't been wrong in this situation you know it was our sideline and i believe either matt saw it or somebody upstairs saw it and they were like hey we got to get our you know a quick a quick play called here so get us into something um and any every time that situation happens you're almost expecting it to get blown dead and yeah. look over red challenge flag um there is some gamesmanship that happens and this happens at every stadium they won't show certain plays replays on the jumbotron you know what i mean yeah so i don't know you know i was too busy trying to get lined up i'm not sure if they show the replay or not but that situation where you get some home cooking that happens again. It's not a green Bay thing that happens at every stadium. There's, you know, questionable calls, you know, they start showing the replay and they cut it off really quick. Like, no, no, we can't show that. We can't show that. You know, I remember we had some coaches that Lucas oil stadium was showing the replays like faster than everybody else. Like the person that was doing the replays wanted to prove that he was maybe the best replay operator in the entire NFL. And we were, there'd be some suspect things and this replay would go up quicker than everywhere else. And I remember some coaches going, we play everywhere else. They don't show the replay. Our guy fucking quickest on the trigger in the history. It screws us out of 50, 60 yards every single time. I, and it kind of like worked its way. I think, like the complaints, you can't tell them to go slow. You just got to kind of hope like, hey, man, you know, there's like a set of rules. I think you have to show it within a certain amount of time. If we could maybe, you know, not be the quickest in the NFL, that would be fantastic through this entire thing. I've always in because you catch people off sides, obviously, with your counts. Too many men on the field this past week. That was an obvious out of bounds that they didn't call, which a lot of people had questions about because there was a ref staring directly at that thing and they, and they didn't call it but it's, yeah, but it's also it's also a snowy field with white lines true how do you that know put, did you know where you were at all times did they get the 
because I saw they had the sideline, so you could see every five yards, and then they had the hashes, so you could see it. What, did you know exactly what yard you were on every single time? No, 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 because you couldn't. It was hard to see where the yard markers were on the sidelines. Um, so no, it was it was confusing at times for sure. It wasn't the snowiest game I've been a part of. It was probably top three or four, um, but but it does change. It does change it like a couple times where I threw I threw to a guy and and the end of the snow on the field was the beginning of the, let's call it four feet uh, that they were able to plow uh, by the sideline. So it, it, it was a weird dynamic to yeah. like guys are still going and getting hit and tackled. Even on the, my run where I ran, you know, 78 yards or whatever it was, I got to the edge of the snow and I didn't realize, Oh shoot, I still have like three feet until I get out of bounds. <laughs> or just put a rock me, you know? Yeah. And I'm thankful that he didn't. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, it does make things a little more difficult, I think, for the refs, um, looking at that. But yeah, I mean, it all balances out, I think. Hey, you're the man. What are you doing today? I saw you got your squats already done. You got any, you got a massage today, big massage. You're going to watch the Empire Strikes it's Back, fun. maybe? Yeah, Ooh. massage. Uh, you know, look at some, look at some more film. And then, you know, just had Christmas. So there's some, there's some cleanup to be done. Oh, and Aston Martin was parked out front or what from Bakhtiar? Oh, my God. I didn't, you know, I didn't bring that. Uh, I do want to give Dave credit because I've been giving so much shit on this program. Uh, he did give me an Aston Martin. It's a model uh, model Aston Martin um, that looked like it was used as well. So it wasn't even a new model that maybe he spent time putting together from Hobby Lobby or Michaels or something. Uh, but he did give me a model of that. And I have to contractually tell you guys that. He supposedly is getting me a golf cart. Oh, like one with speakers and like souped up a little bit, like a nice golf cart? Supposed to be souped up. I don't know if it's an Aston Martin golf cart, but I I will say that I am excited about that. I want to let you know that, you know, we uh, it wasn't the right movie that you talked about, and we ordered this uh, two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> it just got here today. This was supposed to get. This was going to get sent to Lambo. We're going to send this over, you know, to kind of flex on Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. We're not sure it's the right Aston Martin, but it is an Aston Martin. Turns out we'll just leave it right here on the desk for you. No, no, no. I'd love to see because that one looks new. The one he gave me is a hundred percent used. I don't know if he bought it off of eBay or Jeez. something, but it wasn't even clean when I got it. It had smudge marks all over it. It needs a good wax wax job, let me tell you that. So his gift I'm was his, out, I'm still holding out hope. His gift you know, was, was it was it was it was solid. It was it was solid. I mean he's getting me a, a I know how much those things cost. He's you know he's he's getting me a you know a golf cart. I don't know where I'm gonna put it. It's winter time. I don't know if I'm gonna see it, you know, next uh, September. You put it in the mouth. I do. There's no place to put it out there. Oh, because it's so much beach and the house is so big? Is that why? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the whole place, dude. I took a tour of that house before you even bought it, I think. Oh, I got over this shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did, dude. I'm so sorry. Um,. God damn it, I had one more. Oh, do you see Jake from State Farm's Hyundai guy now? What? He's on a Hyundai commercial. 
Jake from State Farm is now Hyundai. There was actually a time this Sunday that went from you hitting the shit out of that driver because there wasn't a Rogers rate, flexing, good acting with the glove takeoff with your uh, remark, incredible acting. You're you're a thespian uh, much larger than any of us could have met. And then right back to back, Jake from State Farm uh, hustling Hyundais. This guy's raking in all the commercial money. What size did he have? It was it elastic in the in the sleeves and his shirt, or what, what was he rocking? Was he showing off the pipes? Yeah, he had a polo on, I believe, in the Hyundai commercial as well. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, by the way, it sells. He's in three. He might be the spokesperson for every company the NFL works with by the end of the season. We we still got some time here. Yeah. Well, you should maybe negotiate for him. I feel like you're one of his biggest fans. No, no, I'm a fan of your that. I think you you steal that commercial, not him. It's you, not him. Okay, thank you. What are you doing with that? I, I literally don't know. I was just, I was, you saw me. You saw me trying to figure it out there. It's it's kind of scotch tape to this board here, and then there's a bunch of things under here. If I was to put it on the desk and not give it to you, I would have to take those off probably right now. But I think we should still send it to him. Oh yeah, yeah. You can, you can keep it. I'll come grab it when I when I come out to do the in person one at the end of the year. You're gonna come out here? Yeah. Man, we appreciate that. We can't wait for that. Good luck this weekend, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great uh, New Year's, huh? Hey, you too, man. We'll be watching. I know you will. I'll be taking notes, too. Fucking get ready for it. You know what I mean? I'm ready, bro. Bring it. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2020 NFL MVP and owner of two new Aston Martin little car things. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, buddy. Uh, So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know, between never-ending laundry cycles, emails... And all the other stuff you got going on. You've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Nice. You want Chinese? Sounds good. Are they talking about pizza? Oh, I'm always down for pizza. Someone wants some Froyo or ice cream, mm-hmm. huh? There's something for everyone on DoorDash. I go, right now I'm in between diets, mm-hmm. so I'm eating a lot. Sure. I'll go Arby's. Yeah, of course. And then I'm not scared to go... And just get a dessert from somewhere. No. Why Why? Why would you be? I get the apple turnover, obviously, from Arby's. Mm-hmm. But I'll get just straight up gallons. No, not gallons. I guess quarts of ice cream from oh, places yeah. on DoorDash. Why not? It's fucking unbelievable that the entire world can just come right to your doorstep. Now, the quarantine has obviously been, uh, I guess, satelliting. No, not satelliting. Um what that guy say we did to that uh, alleged rumor yesterday? Um, uh, we were amplifying it. We were. Um, oh yeah, I think he, he satellited him. Satellite, is that yeah. what he said? Because mm-hmm. he like said that. that we made it bigger. Right. The rumor we made it bigger. We we projected it basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened with the quarantine with uh, people getting food delivered to the house. I think it like sp- it projected it quicker. Like sure. this thing happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, but my wife and I, we've been. DoorDash OGs. Soon as this concept came out, because I'm a little bit of a homebody, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoy working, I enjoy doing things, and then I just like going home and chilling at the house. Wife and I enjoy it, and you know, going to a restaurant is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, but you know, it's also awesome just getting that some bitch delivered right to the house. Yeah, eating it on the couch. Okay, so I don't even got to get changed. Nah, I don't got to drive anywhere. Nah, I don't got to worry about anything. Nah. Oh, but the food's still coming. Brilliant. Oh, okay. I yeah. might have been the first person on DoorDash app in Indiana when it came, to be honest. <laughs> My wife and I use it so much. They've helped us, obviously, uh, get through the entire quarantine. They are 
the truth, dude. Oh yeah, no question. I love DoorDash. Use it probably you know four to five times a week. Yeah, I'm north of that for sure at the mm-hmm. house. I mean, it's a problem a little bit, but hey, you know they're there for you and it's convenient. You know, sometimes we want to. I'm in between diets right now, so like sometimes we'll eat. You know, we'll cook something, mm-hmm. and then afterwards it's like, hey, you want to? Why not? You know, just comes right to the house. I'm not gonna kill you. It's fucking awesome. It's the best. It's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. This would have been cool to create, DoorDash. Yeah. I bet that guy is in a pretty good spot right now. I would assume. Yeah. I would assume he's doing okay right now. Mm-hmm. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with no contact with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Oh, nice. So you don't even have to talk to anybody. No, and they also have on there, like, under 30 minutes expectation order then you can go like oh what do you want sandwich pizza chicken mm-hmm. i mean it's just like they make it so easy it's next level they make it so easy with over three hundred thousand partners in the u.s puerto rico canada and australia shout out australia you can support and obviously canada and puerto rico right. too but this is the first time you know mm-hmm. you can support your local go-to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's and cheesecake factory i love cheesecake factory Hey, that's a deep menu, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about the varieties of food that DoorDash has on here from their global fucking 300,000 partner thing. I mean, I, you'd be hard-pressed to be, name a restaurant that's not on there. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Good. <laughs> that was poorly timed greeting. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't know exactly where that sentence was going. Sure. I thought they were potentially saying, hey, we're helping the communities we operate in operate, by the way, because this is, uh, you know, potentially saving some places because you can't eat in anymore. Right. Which they should talk about because I assume that is potentially a big deal right now. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off. Wow. Wow. And zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code McAfee. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E. It's a pretty good deal. Don't forget, that's code McAfee for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Isn't it interesting, though? I feel like everybody has DoorDash at this point. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't certainly don't know of anyone who doesn't have it. I guess in places where it's really not available but it's grow those places I mean, are it's, growing yeah it's way. becoming available in all of those Everywhere. places so i mean we're kind of fucked we're probably not going to get a lot of traction for them there probably not hey just know that we appreciate doordash yeah, and you have door you have doordash right now and you probably have other options doordash is supporting the biz which we appreciate mm-hmm. and uh, doordash is the best they're yeah, the ogs they are what am i gonna order tonight <laughs> I'm actually thinking, what am I going to order post-show here? So. Yeah, to the office. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. That's exa- Before we even get home. Yep. Shout out to DoorDash, man. Uh, you're going to be worth $100 billion someday. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congrats to DoorDash, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> Once again, um, download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. What a deal. Back to the show. <laughs> A man who played high school football against a stooge in this room. Mm-hmm. A man who played at Boston College was a second-round draft pick this past offseason for the Green Bay Packers. And on Sunday night, he rushed for 124 yards and two tuds. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, A. 
Jay Dillon. Yeah! Ah, you're muted, I think. Hold on, we got to unmute it. It's probably our fault, maybe your fault. You're, you're smart enough to figure it out. Yeah, it's a B- BT, oh. I definitely. Hold on, move that thing out a little bit so it's not sitting on top of it. Is it a phone? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, perfect. How are you, dude? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? Okay, I want to talk about, do you have shoulder pads on right now, or is that just your shoulders? (laughs) That's just the shoulders. Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought you were about to go out for practice. I I thought you literally had a hoodie on over your shoulder pads. And then, obviously, we've seen the photos of your legs. Do you work out all day? Is that just what you do? You just work out all day, AJ? Uh, You got to take breaks. You can't do all day. Uh, You got to take breaks in there, you know. What I don't is, know. The legs, the pictures of your legs this past offseason training camp obviously made the rounds. And, you know, I got these massive ham hocks as well. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you know that, AJ. I got a little bit of a hammy back there, too, that'll get you. And if you ever get into Oculus Boxing, we can talk about the leg <laughs> movement in there as well. But whenever you made the jump from college to the NFL, it took you a little bit, I think, to get some shine because your running back room is awesome. What has been the biggest difference, you think, from Boston College to playing for the Green Bay Packers, AJ? Uh, you know, I'd say just everybody's so much smarter in the league. Uh, there's not very many mistakes over there on defense. So you, uh, you really got to know what you're doing. And, uh, I feel like that's a little tough for every rookie, uh, to kind of figure out. But like you said, I got some superstars, uh, in that room with me as well. So, you know, I've been learning a lot from them. They always say like a running back picking up a pass rush and having to block somebody is the hardest jump for every rookie. I assume for you with them ham hocks attached to your thighs and your bolder shoulders that look like you're wearing shoulder pads, that has not been a problem for you at all? Uh, not, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't say it. That, that definitely wasn't the biggest the biggest problem. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. <laughs> Those are your legs, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny picture. <laughs> well, I think it was zoomed in. It's weirdos in the back there. Yeah, it's a little creepy there. But has it? What it, has it been hard at all physically for you, or do you think your body's been built for the NFL? Uh, you know, I definitely uh, thought when I left when I left BC, uh, I was ready to you know play at this level. Uh, you know, there's still some things I got to work on, obviously. But you know, uh, going back to those high school days, man, nobody could tackle me there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Same now. When did they call you the sauce? Was it in high school? Yeah, uh, now that was in college at BC. I just loved applesauce, and so like I'd walk down the dorm and I'd be just chugging a thing of applesauce. And uh, yeah, there'd be games and people would chuck them down to the sideline. I would just, you know, uh, you know, we had to keep it PG, so it was no beer or anything. But I'd, uh, you know, slam my applesauce or something. You would, Ooh. you would stone cold applesauce. <laughs> Do you still like applesauce to this day? Uh, yeah, love yeah. it. Man, you should get one of them. Uh, what is it? Muscle mint? No. Uh, what are the applesauces? Mots. Uh, Mots. Yeah, is. is that the is the is that your favorite applesauce? Is Mots? Uh, yeah, there, there's one of them for sure. Oh, smart. Keep it open. Whoever wants to sponsor you, that's a good <laughs> idea. What you just did there. Let's get back to the high school days, okay? Yeah. Mm. Whenever you got drafted to the Packers, mm-hmm. AJ Dillon, running back from Boston College. AJ Dillon gets drafted. We have a stooge in here, and you've seen oh, him yeah. on the internet now. You've got a chance mm-hmm. to hear about this man. As soon as you got drafted, he goes, I played high school football against that guy. Yeah. And we go, oh, that's awesome. How was he? He goes, well, there was just one time. All right, and he, starts, mm-hmm. he gets real animated, okay? He gets real animated. He was like, AJ came in. I met him at the hall. I drove him all the way out of bounds. I was like, you did that. Yeah. And then just a couple weeks later, or maybe like a month or two later, your quad started getting pictures on the air, 
internet. And I, I go to Connor, I go, Connor, that man with those legs, you met him in the hole and you drove him out of bounds. Yeah, that's right. In the hole. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. That's right. So as these oh. as these videos started to unfold here over the last couple of days, we've realized immensely that this man has been lying. No. But, but you two did have a couple run-ins. Do we have the videos here? AJ, do you remember this game? Yeah, so this was his third senior year. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, this was my freshman year. This freshman year. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. I've always said that. I've always said that. <laughs> so you were 12 years old in this, basically. You're playing against a 19-year-old at this point. Um, so where were you from? What school did you play for? Yeah, uh, so that's Lawrence Academy. It's in uh, Groton, wow. Mass. And uh, we played against uh, Connor School a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. But... My four years there, we had three ISL championships. Uh, no big not deal. To, not to rub it in. Yeah, know, well, I mean, league three times. No big deal. Yeah, the one year he didn't win it was when I was there. I wonder why. One year, six years. You know? So those private schools up there are a big deal, though, right? Huge. That, uh, so, yeah. Now, did you, or were you from the Massachusetts area up there? I'm from Connecticut, but uh, it's like an hour and a half drive. BC, was that the only school that offered you, or how'd you end up at Boston College? No, uh, I had a bunch of offers coming out. Um, I was originally committed to Michigan, and then, you know, I just decided uh, that BC was, like, the best place for me, uh, like, overall. What was your major? That's a good school, right, isn't it? Yeah, my uh, major is communication. Smart. That's what I did, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, in West Virginia, it's the same as Boston College, anyways. What do you think? You know, hey, AJ, first of all, thank you for representing the greatest high school football league in the country, the ISL oh, and the NFL. Jesus. But, uh, that's also, that's also, something we can agree on. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but also, we always talk about how uh, you guys have to actually ride to your practice field. Uh, who do you ride with, and have there ever been like any uh, funny moments from doing that? Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I normally drive over myself, but people hop in there with me. Uh, I can't really think of any like specific funny memory, but you know, just sometimes, especially now that it's getting a lot colder. Uh, so when you uh, when we we're done with practice and everybody hops in the car and it gets all foggy and you can't see anything. Oh yeah, it's mm. only a thirty second drive, but you got to roll down the windows in the cold. Gets <laughs> all fogged up. Sauce, what are you driving? Did you buy anything nice with that second round money? Uh, no, I didn't buy anything. Right now, I got a little deal with a dealership out here. I got a Toyota. Ooh. Hey, you keep running yeah. those things. Hey, you keep running people over like you did on Sunday yeah. night. You might get up to a Rob Ford. Whoa. <laughs> I might get one of those. That'd be good. Yeah. Have you? Did, how'd you feel Sunday night, though? That had to be the culmination of a lot of dreams, I'd assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt great. Uh, you know, first time really getting a lot of action out there. And, you know, after the first couple carries, I started to get into, like, a rhythm. Uh, and then, as Connor knows, I can get a little scary for defense. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can. Yeah, I was having fun with it. Mean, unless I'm playing, but, yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, well, Aaron Rodgers sharing the backfield with that. What is it? Because we, we talked to Aaron Jones about the first time he went out there because uh, he was a guy who wasn't getting a lot of opportunities, then he got a chance to go on there. And as he was coming on the field, I guess Aaron like looked at him and was like, hey, now it's time to show the world or something like that. Yeah. Like, Was there any moments between you and Aaron during the game, or was it all business out there? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, first of all, he always calls me kid. So I, I think we have a good relationship, but he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like one of those legends. So, you know, I'm always like, whoa. Sometimes I forget he's out there. I'm like, wow, like – Jeez. But, uh, you know, he uh, after I scored my first touchdown, uh, he came over to me and gave me a high five. Second one, he gave me a handshake and I almost lost it. <laughs> uh, 
Like, oh man, but uh, you know, he's a he's an operator out there, man. He the stuff he does, it's just crazy. It's so crazy. I can't even put into words seeing it firsthand. Now you're a rookie, and I assume you've always been an NFL fan, a fan of football. So you know that December, January football, you have to be able to run the ball and you have to be able to stop the run, no matter what. It's just it doesn't even matter if you're a wide open throwing team. At some point. When the game calls upon it, you're going to have to be able to run the ball and you're going to have to be able to stop the run. That's why you always hear uh, any anybody that's worth anything in the scouting business or anything like that, they're like, well, this team can't run the ball, they're going to be in trouble or whatever because they have to be able to run the ball whenever the games matter. Right now, going into the playoffs here, now obviously there's one more week, but yeah. your, your offense is Aaron can obviously put it wherever. Devontae mm-hmm. is unbelievable having a season. Your tight ends, big Bob Tunyon. I mean, he got screwed out of the thing there. You got Lazard back. It feels like your offense is very diverse. What has it been like with LaFleur in this offense? Because he, last year, the offense maybe wasn't as explosive as everybody had thought. Another mm-hmm. year in the system, even though you're a rookie, it feels like that offense can go against anybody in the run game is a massive part of that entire operation. What has LaFleur been saying about the rush, uh, the run game or anything? Yeah, I mean, I would just say I feel like everybody's confident in what we can do. You know, obviously you hit on a bunch of our key players and, you know, uh, we can get it done. And specifically in the run game, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, we got – uh, Aaron, Jamal, myself, and a bunch of other guys in there that can consistently get it done. The offensive line is going crazy right now. They're blocking their butts off, and you already talked about the passing game. And so, you know, I just feel like we're very confident in what we can do. And then you saw the defense step up and stop the run against one of the best run offenses last week. Um, so you're talking about going in uh, to the these next couple of weeks. I feel like everybody's confident. Uh, still more work to be done, but, you know, can't take anything away from uh, the accomplishments so, so far. Yeah, you guys have been fun to watch. you got the MVP playing a quarterback. We'll talk to him in a couple hours. Cannot wait to uh, – by the way, we're, we are going to be the ones that actually name him the MVP of the 2020 Break the news. Yeah. So, really? That's – Yeah, that. yeah. Big, big celebration coming at 205. <laughs> you said that I had uh, bigger quads than you? What's that, dude? Do you remember when uh, he said that I had bigger quads than you? Yeah, the thing about that, though, is like I feel like he potentially saw your quads at their max and mine when they weren't in the prime. Yeah. You know? okay. Yeah, so yeah, different. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you squat all day? What is it? Just you squat? <laughs> do you clean? Explosive? What, what is your? It's the it's squats and the applesauce. Oh. I'll tell you what. If it's a combination. Gonna, you're going to get kids or you're going to get parents who want their kids to get scholarships in football, just bonging applesauce. <laughs> Need you to get your legs going a little bit. Uh, I like the sauce. Are you at your house right now or at the facility? No, I'm at my house. Yeah. What's that drawing in the back there behind over your shoulder? There? Oh, that's J. Cole. So, uh, oh, wait, there it goes. This is my uh, – one of my buddies, uh, he's in Boston actually, Shane Leonard. Uh, he uh, made that for me, and uh, I got it out here in Green Bay. Favorite rapper, J. Cole, obvious. Is that your favorite rapper? Yeah, that's my favorite artist, yeah. You only listen to music or rap music? Uh, no, I listen to most of everything. I don't listen to like heavy metal, but I listen to a little bit of everything. That's tough. Heavy metal is tough, dude. Heavy metal yeah. is very tough. Not for me. I need words. My Yeah. <laughs> hey, some mumble rappers have ruined that, too, in oh, rap yeah. as well. But yeah. my brother was a, uh, a drummer for a, uh, what were you guys considered? A uh, scream metal band? Just- Heavy metal. No, no, no. I mean, they were screaming. screaming. They were a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. There's words in there. There's words in there. He had the uh, the double uh, the double pedal for the bass drum. Whoa! I went to a concert one time. I go back and uh, he was just. 
running for fucking an hour and a half. It was just burr. The guy in the front's name was Broken Wings. He's like, ah! It's fucking wild. So I'm out on heavy metal as well. I don't know. You just sold it for me. I might be in on it. Live concerts much better, I think, than just listening. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you can watch the drummer just run a marathon back here. I was so impressed. Uh, Connor, what do you got? Uh, yeah, AJ, uh, it came out that Matt LaFleur, during like stretching and warm-ups, came up to you and said, hey, we're going to go to you today. When that happens, uh, are you kind of surprised, taken back, or are you just always ready to go? And also, how much more fun is it to play in the snow at Lambeau? Yeah, um... Well, first off, like when he first came up and uh, kind of told me that I was going to be in the game plan, uh, I was fired up. You know, I was prepared, right, and like I'm prepared to go. And uh, so I was like, all right, I finally got my opportunity. Uh, got to make the most of it. And then the snow, I mean, I'm from Connecticut, played in Boston, so I'm used to the snow. So for me, actually, I looked out on my balcony a little bit before the game, and I uh, called up one of my friends, Fish, and uh, I was like, hey, man, like, this looks like we're outside playing uh, football in the backyard. And uh, so I was excited. That's what I'm used to. Um, and so it was a fun opportunity. So we used to have a field in Pittsburgh called Lamb Blow, all right? And Ooh. it would freeze, <laughs> and it had rocks all in it. And there's like uh, there was a bunch of snow on the field all the time, right? It was We called it Lamb Blow. The first time I played at Lambo, I had the same situation you had where I called my friend. It was like, hey, man, you remember I was on Lamb Blow? Remember what we used to do? I'm about to go <laughs> shank some balls here on actual Lambo. <laughs> Dude. Uh, AJ, you're awesome, man. Thanks for your time. What do you got for the rest of the day? Big Bob Tanyan told us he had a yoga sesh, then a meditation sesh because he wanted to feel the flow waves or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's uh, that's how he was spending his his Tuesday. What are you doing today? You got anything awesome planned? Uh, I'm about to make some TikToks. You know, uh, you a TikToker? Oh yeah. No, 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 no. There's okay. I'm on TikTok. Oh. But I'm all about the brand. I'm all about the brand. So right now I'm on the Quadzilla brand. You know? Ooh. Smart. Today I did uh, Quadzilla versus household items. So uh, I, oh. I took some stuff around my house, had them out to the quad. You would like it. You would love it, actually. It sounds like Great. good TikToks. It, it does sound like good TikToks. <laughs> By the way, another one you should go with, Quadfather. Quadfather. Yeah, like we gotta look, We got to see how that goes. So you got to test that out. It's a good name. It's a good name. Quadzilla. Quad father. There's a couple others that quad god. I maybe. called myself a lot, and now. So these are hand-me-downs. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's about it. But if it means anything, if it means anything, AJ, yeah. I got them from somebody else too. Yeah. I, mean, you know I mean, these things have been passed these things have passed all the way down in the quad game. So you got some TikToks today with your quads versus household items. Uh, anything else? Um, but I got some Warzone doves. Got Ooh. the PS5 out here, so uh, oh. you know, check that out. Oh. And, you know, and then get ready for practice tomorrow. Hey, did you hear what Booger said last night about young athletes trying to build their brand getting into the NFL? No, what's up? I don't know. He, he kind of – he it was an interesting point because I think what he said had some truth behind it, but I think he was saying it in a negative connotation as opposed to looking at it as a positive. Uh, he basically said, you know, a lot of – because it came after the Dwayne Haskins – cut out of nowhere, whatever. And I, I, I didn't hear the whole clip, but I saw the internet. He was trending for like 12 hours because of it. He said something about how young guys come in and they don't care about how they can make the team better. They're talking about how they can build their brand and everything like that, which, mm. by the way, I assume there are some guys that are like that. But also, I don't know why both can't be good. Like, if guys are building their own businesses while also playing football well, like you are, by the way, and many of other guys I did whenever I was in the NFL and all this, I, I just I feel like there is – potential a negative 
outlook on guys building their own businesses while also being in the NFL. So I like the fact that you're building your own business because if it doesn't take away from what you're doing on the field, who gives a damn if you're setting yourself up for your future, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you can do multiple things well, go ahead and do it as long as it's not taken away from the main goal. Yeah, you got to keep the main thing the main thing. But other than that, let's go ahead and get this thing, especially if you got especially if you got quads that are bigger than goddamn bar stools at your house. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do. What do you got, Connor? AJ, tomorrow I have to ask, are you going to try and work on the Lambo Leap just because it was a little oh, shaky the yeah. first time? Yeah, Bro. so, so I, I got asked in my post-game interview, and I was saying, like, yeah, I'm going to watch film. I'm going to see, you know. I think the trajectory was a little off. Oh, I'd uh, say. There was snow, but there's no excuses. I got to do better. I got to clear that thing. Um, so I'm definitely going to go back, watch the tape, and, uh, you know, I'll get it done for next time for sure. You know, you kind of look like Schefter when he did it. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't say it. People were saying it. I, I didn't. People no, no, were no. saying Internet. Yeah, the internet yeah. was saying that you look like Schefter a little bit there. The next time, though, you went yeah. up there and got up there. That was perfect. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah. I got a little push, but, you know, it's teamwork. You know, maybe that's when those quads kind of weigh you down. Oh, yeah, like anchors. You, know, you can kind of go this way. Can't go this can't way. Can't go up. Oh. Yeah, mm. No, I'm sure you, you could have cleared it because, you know, less weight down there. Oh, oh, all right, no. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the sauce, A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, see you, dude. See you. He was cool. Oh, yeah. Cool guy. It's the ISL, dude. <laughs> but he did say he was, you know, about the TikTok. ISL, what's that mean? Independent uh, school league. Yep. Independent school league. Because mm-hmm. it's all over different states, so it's not uh, state sanctioned. Got you. That booger thing was very interesting last night, though. You just you showed me a little bit of it, and then yeah. I saw the internet reaction to it. I didn't hear the whole thing. But I don't think it has to be a negative thing. And I think, did he make a, a race-related thing to it, it, or was it just young guys at all? I, thought I it, think I, it said it in the tweet that it was. I'm not positive, though. Because, I mean, I feel like I did a pretty good job of building a brand, and I am the complete, I'm the whitest. You know, I think I mean, Tom Brady is the whitest. He's got the entire TB12 thing going on. Only wears TB12. He doesn't even have Bucks gear, on, like hats on. It's always TB12 stuff. I don't know what's it, bad and, about it. And by the way, if we even want to go back, like Peyton Manning built a hell of a brand yeah. while he was in And it's like, I think the a lot of people, this happened whenever I went on a, uh, I did a stand-up comedy tour one off-season. Shout out to all the people that bought the tickets, 10,000 tickets in like 15 minutes or something like that. Four stops all around Indiana. It went down the Interstate 69, so we called it the I-69 tour. Nice. Right? <laughs> Obviously. Nick Nick was with me, a couple of my boys. We got an RV. and we, I mean, it was it was a blast. Hell okay? of a year. We had, well, it was a hell of a four trip. We did it. <laughs> We did one night after the next. It was awesome. We, it was theaters. The people were so cool. And then a media member came up to me in the training camp and was like, uh, you know, if you don't have a good year, it's going to be it's going to be really hard not to talk about all the distractions you did in the offseason. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, your stand up comedy tour and you're tweeting and blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you say that to Peyton Manning, who films like 10 commercials in the offseason? Do you think the people down in Houston say it to J.J. Watt, who films like 10 commercials? Or are you just saying it strictly because whenever you look at Peyton, you realize you couldn't be Peyton. When you look at J.J., you realize you couldn't be J.J. But when you look at me, you potentially see somebody that is a very relatable looking person that is also making business for themselves. And because somebody else didn't choose it for me, I chose it for myself. Is that why you're coming to me? He was like, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, I, I would say that to Peyton too if he was to ever drop off or whatever I was like well it sounds like a bunch of bullshit so the thing for me is whenever guys create their own avenues 
it seems like people get upset about it because the long way of doing things for a long time was people pick and choose who gets to do stuff. So whenever you kind of debunk that, which a lot of young guys are now, and I'm not saying that all young guys should be building their brand. I think you should worry about being good at football first because that is going to make you the most money and give you the biggest platform if that's what you're worried about. Like a lot of people think I came into the NFL was very, I was very, I was not at all. Like at the beginning, I, by the way, I sucked at punting. I didn't know how to punt. I wasn't good enough to be on the team I was at. Once I got good, then I was like, all right, here we go. Now we're going to go ahead and do this whole thing. But I just, I don't have a problem with guys building their own brands because they're setting themselves up for their future. But once it starts distracting from the main thing, like AJ Dillon said, yeah. once it, then it becomes a problem. Then you got to, then if you get labeled a distraction, you can't be mad about it because you kind of set yourself up for that. But with setting yourself up for that, now you have a business potentially that you can go with. Like, for instance, Juju. Who knows what Juju is going to do after this year? Yeah. I'd assume he's not going to be with the Steelers next year. No way. No. Will he go to another team? Maybe. Does he want to go to another team? Who knows? He's huge. He's making a lot of money off the field. A lot of money off the field. Does he want to continue to play? I'm not. But it's just if you start getting ridiculed for that, now at least you have a platform that you can go with, which is what a lot of guys think. But you should be able to handle both. Like if you're going to be in the NFL, Lombardi and I talked about this yesterday. Everybody wants to be a line until it comes time to do what lines have to do. Everybody wants to say they're in the NFL, but to stay in the NFL, there's a whole different world. So as long as you're doing all that, I don't think it's a problem. Now, if you don't, then it is a problem. And I feel like there's a lot less guys that don't handle their business that are a distraction off the field, as opposed to the guys that are handling their business while also building their brand. So I just don't like the fact that it was like kind of in a negative con. But I don't know. I didn't listen to the whole thing, so I can't talk about it. Nick, what's up? So I just went back and listened to it, and he starts it off saying, specifically, I'm talking to African-American players, and he says they come into this league thinking the wrong thing. They come in not thinking, how can I be a better player? How can I be a better teammate? How can I make this organization better? They come in thinking, how can I build a brand for myself? Jeez. Jeez I mean, it's all about making the most of your opportunity, right? Like, yeah. if you're good at other things, why not try and build those things while you have the most eyes on your platform? Hey, as long as it doesn't affect your work. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it doesn't affect Taking your work. Taking care of business. It's a fine line, right? Because everything you cited there, yourself, Peyton, Tom, you guys all started once you were established as players. So the, the NFL stands for... Not for long. Yep. Right? Like National Football League, I get it. But the old thing is not for long. So if guys are trying to make the most of it, wow, also, I don't know. I can see how you could potentially not be happy about it because it's different than what it has been like for a long, long time. But, man, I feel like business after football, what was that thing? 80% of people, 80% of NFL players filed for bankruptcy or go broke within like two years of retiring or something like that. It's like if guys are building their own brands and businesses – but it's not like Dwayne Haskins was big on social media or anything. Yeah, he wasn't really you building his I, brand. Yeah, no. he didn't have a brand anyways. Yeah, I don't – unless he does, he might be on TikTok. We oh, should ask AJ. True. Somebody ask Billy Tubes yeah, if he's part of that crew. Yeah, Billy Tubes is a TikToker. You unless know? he's opening a strip club. Oh. Maybe he was doing market research. In the doll ballet. All that's up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champ and – ESPN legend, I'll say at this point. Oh, yeah. Mr. Ryan Clark. Yeah! RC! <laughs> All right, RC. guys? How y'all doing, man? Hey, whitest teeth I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow! Oh, my. You did it for Christmas. You did the little, uh, you did the, nah, the tanning bed UV thing. UV light. Yeah, you did the UV thing for your teeth. 
No, not at all. Not at all. This is just, I got good lighting. That's all it is. Hey, you're on TV literally all day. I'll see you at 8 a.m. and then I'll see you at 1230 with SVP. You've been absolutely dominant this football season. And for that, it, bro. we thank you, sir. We do thank you for that. <laughs> Let's talk about this football season. Pittsburgh Steelers start Mason Rudolph against Miles Garrett and the Browns. Browns win and they're in. Do you like the decision? Do you hate it? They haven't had a bye week since week four. How do you feel about the whole thing? Well, you know, you think about the decision. I think the decision definitely goes into how you feel about where Ben is, where you feel he is with, with his health, obviously his age. And like you said, Pat, they didn't get a bye week this season because of COVID. And so I think it's the smart play, especially with Buffalo having clinched the number two overall seed in the playoffs or number two seed in the AFC. The other crazy thing is I'm kind of excited that Mason Rudolph's going to start against Cleveland. Like, I don't know if anybody else cares about this, but this is pretty dope. You know, I mean, you know what the scene looked like the last time we saw Mason Rudolph on the field against the Cleveland Browns. And so if if he's going to start any game, this is the one. Yeah. The last time those two shared a field together, one of these things was trying to take off Mason Rudolph's head. And then well, I'm going to tell you what, Mason probably wished they were playing on the Oculus at that time. That's probably what, that's probably what he would have won. Do you have one? I do not, bro. But oh. because I follow you, I see you with it now, and now I want one. Hey, I am... I am. I might be the greatest Oculus boxer there is. Oh, yeah. I, 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 my stamina is... Well, I ended early. Listen, eight no eight knockouts, eight no eight knockouts. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know who's better. I don't know who's better. I have no idea how you could be better. But, but you just you just said you're playing PJ and then you're playing PJ's. No, that was ping pong. That was ping pong. And you don't know about the ping pong players from Germany, RC. You don't know the Oculus boxing. I boxed a guy today from England. Okay, London, England. He was a champion. So you just. Are you just assuming he's a pugilist specialist because he's from England? Oh. Right? Well, is, is that Tyson what you, Fury, is right? Is that what you consider him to be? Well, I don't even know what word you just used there. I will Google it afterwards, and I will <laughs> use it back at you at some point. But I will say he's not a real person, okay? It's an artificial uh, human okay. being. But he, there is like, it's like Mike Tyson's punch out. This morning, I got to the uh. I got to the Vega level. This guy, he's a little skinny little guy. Little first-round knockout, 10 seconds, right hook, Dang. dead. See you later on the canvas. Celebrate. I'm in arenas now. Okay, I was in a, I'm in arenas now. Then the moneymaker came for that next round. He took me three rounds. I was burning. Whoa. Six knockdowns, though. Knocked him down six times. Oh. Then he got back up, had a had bruises. So, Pat, in that, do you, do you move around oh. and stuff, though, bro? Like, oh. you, does the cardio get into it? Did you? I was dripping wet this morning because the moneymaker took me into three rounds. Dude, my entire body, my lungs were just burning. I was dripping in sweat. I literally. Bro, I love it. In between rounds, RC, okay, you go to your corner, you know, you have one minute. I'm I'm sitting, because you can't sit down, obviously, because it's going to be hard to get back up. I am bent over like this, just completely dead. Like, come on, dude, you can't get fucking knocked out. And then when the bell rings... Like, I got to answer the bell sometimes. Sometimes it gets down to, like, one second. I'm like, right. all right, here we go. And then you're right back. It's awesome. But that's not what we're here for, dude. Okay, we're talking about fucking Miles right, Garrett. Man. Jeez, man. Are you just taking over the show when you come on here? Just take over the show. Bro, you started talking about it. I asked. I, I brought it up one time, and you went into how you're the greatest Oculus boxer of I all might time. be. Yeah. Yeah. I might be. It's hard not to talk about that whenever it's potentially true. Let's move to Or football. when it's your show, for sure. Bingo. Where's it at? It's right above your head over there. Uh, just point up with your left hand. Just go like this right here. Yeah, bingo. There we go. Uh-huh. So, um, RC, there's a lot of games – 
this weekend with playoff implications. Uh, going in with the Steelers teams you were on, was there any time where you guys needed a win and then somebody else to lose or anything like that? Or was it mostly like uh, at this point you guys probably already had it locked up? You know what? I, I think so. We were three. We were 12 and four, three out of four years. Um, and I feel like all the years that we were going to get in, it was on us. I think we were 10 and six in, in 07, obviously 12 and four in 08. We win it. Uh, the next year, we weren't very good. I think the next year we were eight and eight, so we didn't go. We weren't even, I think, in the, in the ballpark of going. Then we go twelve and four, twelve and four, and then we kind of struggled after that. And so I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember going into like the last weekend needing a win, but I do remember uh, one year it's around Christmas. We were playing Cincinnati. We needed somebody to lose so we could be alive the next week against Cleveland. And I remember it was Christmas, and so. We beat Cincinnati, the team that we needed to lose won. And so Troy and I decided that we were going to have a pajama jammy jam. So all the families go to Troy's house. And, you know, uh, the the cool thing about football is you get to meet people from all different walks of life. Troy was richer than me, okay, because he was a better football player. Troy Troy was supposed to have more money than I had. Troy's richer Uh, than a lot of people, by the way, Troy. Yeah. And so Troy's wife, though, grew up uh, very affluent and – so he opens up this cabinet, bro, and it's all of these, like, wines and champagnes that I can't pronounce, that I've never had, I can't really spell. And so dude was just like, hey, bro, let's try some. And so, dog, like, we're, we're cracking over wine, open wines and, and scotches and all these different things that I can't afford. Right? Mixing. Oh, we're mixing. Oh, that's white boy stuff there. <laughs> white boy wasted all the way, bro. <laughs> and so the, next, so the next morning is Christmas, right? And so we still at Troy's house, terrible parents, right? Like, why don't you have your kids at your house so they can open up their presents, right? Terrible, terrible parents. But we bought some presents, so we have Christmas morning. Then we get hungry, and not much is open on Christmas. So it started a tradition, bro, where we go to Benihana or some sort of hibachi restaurant every Christmas because Troy and I and our families were looking for somewhere to eat, and I guess they weren't tripping on Christmas. So we went there. And then we decided to see how well we could play in the last game without doing much. Oh, okay. Right? So, yeah, so, we, so we didn't do treatment. We didn't do treatment. We didn't really pay attention at practice. The film study was very, very little. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even going to do like oh, that. Oh, not even come Ooh. see, come saw. No, it was because we was like, man, no. you know, we put all this work in. We're, we're texting each other and calling each other every night to say what we've seen on film. We're meeting at 5 in the morning and, to do cold tubs and hot tubs and work out and treatment, we was like, but we ain't even going to the playoffs, right? So let's see what it looks like if we don't do any of that. We played bad. So but you played bad. You played bad. Did you lose? Did you lose? <laughs> no, nah, we didn't. We 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 didn't lose because it was Cleveland, right? And uh, we kind of. <laughs> no, because I was going to ask you. My question for you was going to be. There's a couple teams that have to win, and the other team's playing for nothing. Philadelphia's playing for nothing. Washington football team, they get in. That could be one of the biggest stories of the year, Washington football team, with no name and exposés and everything like that coming out, and they make the playoffs. They win the yeah. NFC East, and the Philadelphia Eagles are playing for absolutely nothing. It's like these teams that don't have much motivation in these last games. I w- if you look up the stats, I'm not sure it's always like the team that needs to win wins those games. Sometimes it's the other team yeah. that almost plays better. But think, think, about, like, think about the games you're in, Pat, where – you know, you, you get down by a lot. And now one team's trying to protect the lead yeah. and the other team's like, shoot, F it, man. I'm going to throw bombs. I'm going to blitz. I'm going to do whatever I can. Like, it don't matter. Like, I'm behind. And those teams come back. It's the same thing. Like, it's no pressure. 
on the Philadelphia Eagles. It's no pressure on teams who aren't going to the playoffs, but you still you're an independent contractor, bro. It wasn't like if you if you were in your last week and it was time to punt, you was gonna get out there and throw that whole underhand. You know what I'm saying? Like you weren't gonna do that. You was gonna try to punt the skin off the football because that's who you are. Yeah. And so these dudes are gonna play, but you're gonna be playing stress free, right? You, you, yeah. you give up a bomb, you're like ah. I give up a blonde. But if I'm Darius Slay and I got 30 million coming anyway, why not take this chance? Why not go pick it off? If I'm Jalen Hurts, why not get outside the pockets and see what these legs do? Why not give Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson opportunities down the field? And those are the type of things that happen. And because the other team's playing tighter, right? The other team feels like, yeah. man, if we lose this, we're out of it. We're at home. We got a chance. And you know, it's like, it's like, man, it's like backing a raccoon into a corner. How, you know what I mean? Oh, by the way, I got 14 raccoons that live in my house. We mm. feed them every single night in a possum's there. You can't back them in the corner. They will scurry and fight over the thing. When you, when you hear what J.J. Watt said, okay, um, I thought, by the way, it was an incredible speech. I mean, he gave an incredible speech there. I don't know how much he had going in that maybe he was sitting on for a while whenever he was watching his teammates maybe not show up or not work hard, and they're like, I don't know if it was his teammates or maybe it was coaches that were doing something. Mm. I feel like he was sitting. That one felt like that one had been. It was personal. It was incubating for a little bit, that one, and that's why it was delivered so well. I think he's probably going to dominate. But whenever you start thinking about the NFL as a whole, okay, and this goes back to the Boogers comments last night that were trending for like 12 hours or whatever. When you go back to the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you want to, do you have something you want to get out right there? No, you know, um, I've I've made it a rule in my life that if not uh, currently or not if I'm not on the set, okay, when things I disagree with are said, I let them be. It's not my job to critique the critiquers. Ooh. Yeah, but kind of is your job. But but I understand that's a good rule for yourself. But we do it all the time because we're not on the set with a lot of people. So we kind of got to say it. But, but whenever you think about the NFL as a whole, I do think Booger had a point there, right? And I, I think whenever he's talking about Anytime you paint something with a broad brush, you're always going to, it's, it's, you're going to fuck up there. Right. And, but I do think there is an interesting thing that has come out of this Dwayne Haskins situation and this JJ Watt situation where I think a lot of people are learning that a lot of people want to be in the NFL, but not a lot of people want to stay in the NFL. Right. And and not, by the way, not a lot of people. I mean, this is me painting a broad brush again, but there's some people that like being in the NFL, but don't love being in what it takes to stay in the NFL. Do you think that's that's amplifying, or do you think it's always been that way? We're just seeing it a lot more. Uh, well, I, I think you can now see the things that other people do, right? Uh, you know, we talk about my training facility and training guys all the time, and you know, like I see kids at LSU now who are leaving or who have opted out, who have merchandise for sale all the time, right? Or I mess with, like, I don't take selfies and do certain things like that, and I mess with dudes who do, you know, and then you know, I get a guy tell me. Oh, you know, I'm just branded. And in a way, in in a way that bothers me, but I also know that you can brand yourself, you can build your own business and be about the business yeah. of football. I don't necessarily think you have to be one or the other. Um, you know, and, and it was different for me, but in the last two seasons of my career, I, you know, had an active TV contract. You know, I was I was working for ESPN. I was on the ESPN payroll but i still played football the same way i still had five days of treatment each week you know i still went off to arizona to train in the off season i still run down the middle of anybody who had the football it had nothing to do you know it had nothing to do with the fact that i wanted to make sure i was setting things up for post-career 
It had everything, and that wasn't going to stop me from wanting to play football, from wanting to be the best I can possibly be. And I also don't think that you could take one person's situation and then paint with that broad African-American brush, Yeah. right? Uh, the, the, the issues with that is there are already biases against certain things, right? Like you look at the way people feel about Odell Beckham Jr. and his brand and some of the things he does away from football. Like I believe at one time he was the most recognizable and famous football player in the world. And that's when they had Tom Brady playing, Peyton Manning, whoever was playing, he was more famous to me because I felt like he was known in different areas more so than other people. But I'm also around him all the time, right? And I also watch him work constantly and also see his passion. Like that didn't stop him from wanting to be a great football player, wanting to win games. One of the greatest players of all time has the most recognizable brand in football. Like people talk about TB12 all the time, right? And and, and TB12 is something he's brand to hell. I got some free stuff one day. Me too. The glasses. I got glasses. I love it. Yeah, the TB12 stuff. But I think I think you're spot on there. It's it's always and it's always negativity hogs publicity. I mean, that's what you guys operate in at the place you've worked for since you oh, while you really? were playing. Yeah, okay. yep. yeah. Sure. yeah, you guys. Yeah, hey. Y'all motherfuckers over there. (laughs) But the negativity always hogs publicity. But I feel like as long as you're keeping the main thing the main thing, and I think that is such a cliche, but I think it's real. Like if you're handling your business as a football player, I think you're allowed to do you keep not allowed, but you you can and should feel empowered to do all this other stuff. But as soon as you start doing all this other stuff and your play drops at all, you're giving everybody ammo. I've always said like you're giving everybody. Once I started tweeting and things as a punter, like I knew that if I played bad two weeks, I'm probably gone. Like if I play two weeks because yeah, I'm being too loud for my production or whatever. But if my production's high, they can't say a fucking thing. There's nothing you can do. To Bro, what's so, what's so- crazy uh you know like i'm on these group chats with these different people and so somebody's like yeah man he was doing too much i was like bro andy reed would have been at the strip club with pat mahomes <laughs> like come on man like, come on but Dwayne like, wasn't like, building his own brand though think about that like that's the that's the interesting thing unless Dwayne was building a brand that we that i don't know about uh, he might not have been but he was Players just- club brand i don't know Hey, we were talking about Dewey's Ballet, man. Ooh. That place would pop in <laughs> D.C., right? It would pop in D.C. But I think that that whole distraction thing gets labeled on people, uh, and then it's hard to get off of, though. Like, like, you know what I mean? And I think that is – that's why that entire – I don't know, that entire rant by Bo, I think, has been so... Because it's real. Like, if you're not doing your job well, you shouldn't be doing all the extracurriculars that come alongside of it. But if you're doing your job well, right. also, we should not just point out the ones that don't. I mean, that's kind of the problem with well, that. Well, I, th- I, th- I think the other part of it, too, is, Pat, is that that situation had nothing to do with the brand, right? Like, yeah. the same way you'd say, you know, J.J. Watt was sitting on some feelings, I think maybe in... You know, Booger since he was sitting on yeah. some feelings feelings as well. Like when I look at Dwayne Haskins, I look at a at a singular moment where a guy developed the perception, whether it was right or wrong, for not being professional, for not dedicating the type of time people are used to seeing starting quarterbacks dedicate to football. And I think once that happens, now you're forever fighting that. And my point with the strip club thing was self awareness, right? Like one, your coach has cancer. Like, that's stupid. Okay, like, like don't be dumb. Uh, that's the first thing. Be compassionate. Have some empathy. Understand the people that you are also, uh, that you also have to take care of. But the other piece of it was the self-awareness piece, right? The, the piece of, like, if, if people say you're an a-hole, 
and, and you want to change that perception, then you're going to be nice purposely. Like that's the way it happens. Above and if beyond, people, by the way, normally. Above and beyond. Like you go, you're gonna you're gonna go out the way. And so if you know the perception is you're unprofessional, you're immature, you don't make good decisions, you gotta be smart enough to say, as much as I want to see these booties bounce. Yeah, by the way, they were either oh, yeah. yeah, either either they can't bounce in front of me at the moment. I need to be smart, stay home, which would be the the smartest thing. Or let's take these people's phones. Right? And yeah. and 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 and, and to the decision making to say that you can't do one of those two things because i'm being i'm being like i'm not stupid like he's young he's gonna do stupid stuff you know and so i think like that's the the bigger issue with the situation but then when we start to paint with this brain broad brush that african-american quarterbacks for sure have been having to fight for years anyway mm. you see what i'm saying yeah. like and so now and so now when uh when a white person or when an executive who already has these biases toward black athletes or towards black quarterbacks, then he could go, you see that? Look at that. One of them says it too, right? And that's all the empowerment that certain people need to have to continue this narrative that's really untrue. That's the that's the reason why it popped off last night, huh? That last sentence you yes. said right there, yeah. That's 100% what it is. That, and, and, and when... When when you come off of a when when you come off of a year right when when you come when when you're finishing off a year of 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 protests when you're finishing off a, a year conversation of, great conversation happening amongst everybody basically this year right 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 when, when you when you're finishing a year where you're not only fighting you're you're not you're not fighting to be t- treated better you're fighting to be treated equally right when when I can only use myself when when I've cried on TV, right, because my son had had a racist, a racist encounter. And, you know, someone tells someone tells him because it's him and two other black kids who who at the time don't Jordan didn't have his car because I was shipping it back to school after COVID. And he's trying to get Whataburger. And they say, you know what, I'm gonna call the cops on you because a white woman says that she was being harassed when he was doing what somebody who worked at Whataburger asked him to do to get some food. Right. And they were sitting on the fence. The woman says she was being harassed. She she gets her food. She says, thanks in words, right? Then when she drives off, she says, bye in words. The manager says he's going to call a cop. So I'm on TV crying about this because I'm understanding what it means when you call the cops on a young black male. You have now weaponized the cops, right? So I'm crying about that. I'm talking about the, the booze, the Texas uh, Texans and Kansas City, right? I'm, I'm, I'm putting money towards Juneteenth rallies. I'm giving speeches at unity walks. And you're doing all of these things, and then you finish the year off with, with people amening the fact that another black man says that black dudes are lazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That, yeah. That's, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, and it's... And it's extremely tough for all of us. You know what I mean? Uh, bro, I've written, you know, I went to school with Booger, you know? And I've probably written, bro, and I'm going to press in at some point. I probably typed up like five text messages. Yeah. You know? And it's never just been, to me, the right words, or sometimes I just don't even know, like, if it's my place, but it touched me, right? Because yeah. you read the comments and you see all the, like, you see black people being like, come on, bro. Don't do this. And then, honestly, you know, whether right or wrong, you see white people being like, yeah, he's frustrated. 
yes, he's telling the truth. I think the place Booger is coming from is this. Hey, RC, you, you have to know, though, you have to know, though, that a large majority of the whites are not happy with the whites that were represented with your kid and other situations on the internet. Oh, you know what I mean? For like, sure. And I yeah. think that is why this year has been so awesome, because you saw the large majority of people come together. It didn't matter what it was. And all across the country, by the way, it was happening. Yeah. And whenever Booger says something like that, I can very much see how if I was a black dude, I'd be like, come on, Booger. Like, literally, we don't need that right now. Just like how all NFL players felt about Drew Brees when Drew Brees did his thing about the kneeling for the National Anthem. It was like, yo, Drew, you know that like we don't need that right now. Like that is, and, yeah. and I think that is just the interesting thing behind it all. And I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how this whole thing ends up, dude. It is. Hey, 2021, two days from now, though. Hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Hey. Hey. And Dwayne Haskins won't have a job still. No, no, no job. No, no job. Yeah. No job, dude. It's going to be sad. Bro, we said this yesterday. It's going to be sad. Dwayne Haskins, I don't think he's going to get a job. Like, I he's going to have to go XFL, I guess. Maybe something else. I don't know how. No, I think, I think, I think it depends on how people felt about him. Right? Like, that's always the thing. You know, like I had this big whole thing happen because I said Carson Wentz was soft, right? And so my DMs blow up because you can just DM anybody on Instagram, people from Philly, saying how is he soft? He threw a touchdown with his ACL. He played with a broken back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and what happens is like you say these things, and I realize the way I talk sometimes on TV is different, right? Because people don't you normally say that. People go – because like Dan was kind of explaining – you know, the Nick Foles situation was tough for him to deal with. And then drafting Jalen Hurts and then all these other things. And I was like, well, that's soft as hell then. Right? Because, like, if me and you were talking, Pat, and we were having a drink, I'd be like, bro, that's soft as hell. Like, dude, soft. Now, I think all or most football players have a level of physical toughness because that's why they can play football. Even you too. Punters and Even kickers. Even you, bro. Punters not, and kickers. Not, no. Yeah. Not all yeah. You said it. Yeah. You said it. Punters and kickers. I said all football players, we have already gone on TV and gone on record as saying, I don't think all punters and kickers are football players. Therefore, they're not included in what I'm saying. Patrick, they're not in it. All right, listen. We got to get to a break, and that's a real shame that you got to get off the fucking show, dude. Jeez. <laughs> You're really going. You know, it was a good one. It was really going there. Ryan, I appreciate you, man. Always, man. Thank you, but I'm sorry I went off. The, the no, wrong way. no, no, no. You, know, you didn't go off I the wrong way, by the way. That's what this, this show is supposed to have good conversation. And as soon as I saw your yeah. face whenever I brought that up, I was excited to hear what you had to say, by the way, because I do believe you are a good uh, orator. Well, I appreciate that, man. That, I appreciate it. Did by I use way, that word right? Before I go off, so. very excited that I was on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Um, I would like for you to tell him he is my favorite quarterback in the world. No, 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 and, no, no. No, we've heard and, the stories. <laughs> no, we've heard the stories. Yeah, the whole thing. The and, whole thing. He, and he should win the MVP. He, like, uh, oh, oh, by the way, we got a big announcement coming here in about five minutes or so about the MVP. Ooh. We, we get to announce the winner this year. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Yeah, they let us do it. Bro, I wish I could be a superstar like you, man. One day, man. Yeah, you just got to make it up. That's what I literally just did. <laughs> just make it up. Bye, Ladies bro. and gentlemen, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. I know there's a lot of things that could potentially penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you allowed us to do so, we are eternally grateful for. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Another big, big day. Hey, big day tomorrow. Big day. If you want the Arby's bricks, please claim them. Uh, tweet at Nick Moraldo. We're giving away PS5s here in the next couple of days. I mean, we got big things popping. We hope you do too. We cannot wait for 2021. We got big things in store, and we can't thank you enough for being along for the ride. 
with us. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people in the most beautiful Tuesday of all time. We'll see you. Minana.